is Free Talk Live, and you are free to call in and talk live. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. We open up the phone lines and allow you to call in and talk about whatever's on your mind. It's Mark with you. Angie here. And you can call in and discuss what you want, but I've got a a little piece of show prep here, Angie. Um, you, you've heard about the New Zealand shooting, I presume, right? I did. It's hard not to. Yep. And turns out there's some lunatic goes out there and shoots a bunch of people at the mosque. Uh, looks like 50 dead. And, uh, I mean, it, you've got to basically be under a rock at this point not to have heard about this. But what I didn't know was it's illegal in New Zealand to share or even possess this video, they've got laws that they've had for decades that say you can't uh, have this, uh, that sort of thing. Yeah, I saw that. I was really surprised. Yeah, uh, here from ZeroHedge.com. I don't usually use them as a source, but hey, you know, I, I danced with the one who brought me, and here's the story. New Zealand authorities have reminded citizens that they face up to 10 years in prison for knowingly possessing a copy of the New Zealand mosque shooting video, and up to 14 years in prison for sharing it. Corporations such as web hosts face an additional $200,000 fine, those are New Zealand dollars, it's only 137,000 US <laughs> under the same law. Terrorist Brenton Tarrant, I guess is the uh, the bad guy's name there. We're not supposed to use that name because somehow it it makes him want people want to do it more or some darn thing. I don't know what it is, but um he he uh used Facebook Live to broadcast the first 17 minutes of his attack on the uh Alnar Mosque in Christchurch, New Zealand at approximately 1:40 p.m. on Friday. The first two of mosque attacks, which were left 50 dead and 50 injured. So, I mean, in this, uh, you know, he just, he live streams. Somehow Facebook is bad and wrong, I guess, for having live streaming. The politicians over there got really upset that Facebook even has uh, an ability to live stream. And, I, I mean, I, you know, lots of people use, millions probably of people use Facebook daily to live stream something probably boring uh, you know maybe exciting but certainly not deadly you know sure. it's pretty rare that uh, somebody streams something deadly on but it facebook has happened yeah and the vast majority of it is just somebody rambling on at their uh, their laptop would be my guess copies of the live stream along with his lengthy manifesto began to rapidly circulate in various file hosting sites following the attack which uh, was noted Friday, was quickly scrubbed from the mainstream platforms such as Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Scribd, whatever that is. Uh, YouTube has uh, gone so far as to intentionally disable search fil- filters so that people cannot find the shooting materials, including footage of suspected multiple shooters, as well as the arrest of uh, this guy and other suspects. So, I mean, I, I, I think that people should be able to find the things they're curious about. Yes, there are copycats. But are you really going to stop the copycats by stopping the sharing of the video? No, I don't think so. If someone has an intention to do something evil, they're going to do it, whether there's a video or not. This is the biggest news um, around, and you know, I don't even know. I've, I've heard that there's multiple copies, different, different manifestos going around, so you don't even know whether it's his manifesto or some other person's manifesto. Right. So now we've got fake manifestos. Is it illegal to share the fake manifesto or just the uh, the, the real one? I don't even know. 
On Saturday, journalist Nick Monroe reported that New Zealand police have warned citizens that they face imprisonment uh, for distributing the video, while popular New Zealand Facebook group Wellington Live notes that the NZ police would like to remind the public that it is offense to share an objectionable publication, which includes the horrific video from yesterday's attack. If you see this video, report it immediately. Do not download it. Do not share it. If you are found to have a copy of the video or have shared it, your face you face fines of potential imprisonment. So there you go. The very popular website is threatening you with imprisonment for having a, a piece of video. Now, this doesn't suggest that you've harmed anyone. No, not at all. It doesn't suggest you've created a victim. Nope. It just suggests that uh, we have created a law surrounding the sharing of illegal materials. Right. And who says it's illegal? It's well, It happened. It's yeah. fact. It's real. Yep. And it's so weird that the uh, that they would do this. I mean, like, what about a bank robbery? What about a bike theft? I mean, is everything, is every crime that's caught on video now, uh, or at least in New Zealand, I don't know, um, is every crime now bad and wrong to, to share because it's a crime and it was caught on video? There are cameras everywhere, so everything is caught on video. And I, I don't know necessarily why. I haven't seen this video. I don't care to go look for it. Um, it's not my thing to go hunting down the videos of people getting shot. It seems awful to me. But, uh, I mean, I, I don't I don't know that I want incarcerated young kids who don't have enough sense not to share this stuff. Um, and I know that the two people that they've got in jail at this point are 18 and 22. At both of those ages, I was nearly worthless to society, uh, but at some point or another, I managed to pull myself out of it. Right. Along with the censorship of online materials and uh, investigation of content sharing platforms such as BitChute and 8chan, where the shooter posted a link in the live stream of his attack, um, the social discussion service Dissenter has been blocked in New Zealand, created by the people behind Twitter competitor Gab.ai. Dissenter is a browser extension which pops up a third-party um, a third-party content section for any website where people can discuss content outside of the control of the website owner. So you have to have this as a plugin for your browser to even communicate to other people who have it as a plugin for their browser. They're disallowing that. It's like disallowing ham radios or something. Uh, I mean. Ham radios are probably used more than this website. I don't even know. I've never heard of it. No, I have never heard of it either. Uh, meanwhile, far-right commentator Milo Yiannopoulos, I heard this guy, but it's been some time since he's really got any good news, was banned from Australia in the wake of the New Zealand shootings after he said on Facebook that attacks like Christchurch happened because the establishment panders to and mollycoddles extremist leftism and barbaric alien religious cultures. Well, it sounds like he's going after Islam. I don't know that I agree with Milo Yiannopoulos. But then again, you have to have opinions in order to come up with your own opinion. Uh, you don't. I mean, who knows whether this is true or not? There's no way to know. It's just a. It's just a, an assertion. Australia's immigration minister David Coleman said on Saturday's statement that uh, Yiannopoulos' comments were appalling, and they foment they foment hatred and division. Adding, Milo Yiannopoulos will not be allowed to enter Australia for his purposed uh, purpose proposed excuse me tour this year. I heard that he is now allowed again. I don't know exactly. Like, look, that's not news. Well, the Christchurch attacks were utterly reprehensible. 
supporting them is now punishable in the U- United Kingdom. On Saturday afternoon, a four- 24-year-old man from Oldham, wherever that is, was arrested on suspicion of sending malicious communications in support of the mosque attacks. It's unclear what he is uh, has alleged to have written. So apparently just saying, I like this, yay, is, um, look, it's distasteful, but do we really need to lock people up over it? No, I think it's just a matter of freedom of speech. Right. In the United States, I would presume you could still say, I, well, I'm not going to even get that because I don't want the soundbite to go out. <laughs> the, greater, the Greater Manchester Police said uh, in a statement that they had become aware of a post on social media making reference to and support for the terrible events in New Zealand. Police have made urgent inquiries, and a man aged 24 from Oldham is now under arrest on suspicion of sending malicious communications. It's clear that people are worried and really understand that it is uh, truly terrible what happened yesterday. It's hard to put any form of words, said Assistant Chief Constable Russ Jackson, who added, We have nothing to suggest any threat locally, but none of this can diminish how people feel. And that is why we want to be there to offer support at this difficult time. You're not offering support. You're locking people up. Yeah, they're offering rules. (laughs) Right. Thanks for the help. This is what could happen here in the United States at any time. I mean, these are English-speaking democracies right now, or things that call themselves democracies or parliamentary democracy, whatever. Um, They're not far removed from what goes on here in the U.S. And I can assure you, I can assure you. That there are people who want to see somebody locked up who would make a statement in support or share a video like this. It will happen. Yeah. Well, ultimately, it's hard, it's hard to believe that it would be avoided. Government grows, right? The number is 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE here on Free Talk Live. Or you can use the Discord chat. Just go to discord.freetalklive.com to get started. Talk live, and you can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about on this live edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. Angie here. And you are welcome to call in. I want to tell you about freedomsphoenix.com. Freedoms Phoenix is a liberty-oriented news aggregation site. If you want the latest and freshest stories and perspective on current events from those who value liberty, freedomsphoenix.com has it. Their daily dispatch is the best way to stay up to date on science, technology, historical findings, liberty news, government overspending, and the rise of the police state. It's Freedoms with an S. Phoenix.com. That's freedomsphoenix.com. I get their daily dispatch. Well, every day. It's called daily for a reason. And I think it's great. Uh, I get a lot of my show prep out of there. And I think you'll enjoy it too. Freedomsphoenix.com. So, got a story here from zerohedge.com where they're talking about the in New Zealand and to some extent in, in England. But uh, I'll explain that here in a second. But uh, in New Zealand, it is illegal to share. Or possess, knowingly, the video of the shooter uh, from, you know, a few days ago there, that uh, the, 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 the mosque shooter. And I, I was, you know, kind of stunned that that was the case. I, I thought that that seemed odd. I mean, it's, it's a crime. Sure, it's bad. Sure. But the possession of the video of it? And why is that? Do you have any ideas, uh, Angie, as to why they might make it illegal just because they don't like it? 
Um, I think they're afraid. I think they're afraid of what people might think and what they might see and how they might feel. Yeah, they they mentioned uh, here the one of the UK cops mentioned feelings very particularly. Mm-hmm. He said uh, regarding somebody who had uh, made a post in support of this shooter, clearly not a not a hero, um, that that he might make somebody feel bad. So they arrested the 24 year old that made the the post. No, no, you know, no idea whether this person's drunk or you know whatever. Who knows? People go post all kinds of things online. Uh, I mean, just surprising to me that they would arrest somebody. But this guy's from uh, Oldham, wherever that might be in the United Kingdom. I'm I'm stunned by that. Now, did he have a prior record or was there anything showing that he should be arrested other than him sharing this video? They didn't mention a prior record, uh, but they did say that he's under arrest of suspicion of sending malicious communications. Okay. So there you go. Bad communications. I don't know. I'm just stunned by it as as anyone. I thought we ought to get that out here at the uh, the start of the show so that uh, people can hear it because that's the big news. But um, you you brought in an article that I thought was kind of interesting, and I was going to lead with it, but I, I found this, and I just felt like we had to you know had to mention that first. Yeah. So um, apparently, some preacher man came out with uh, the the statement that hell was invented by the church to control people with fear. Okay. Yep, it's an older article. It was an interview done on Dateline back in August of two thousand and six. Uh-huh, okay. Um. Just the bishop's name is Spong. Um, He leads in with, I don't think hell exists. I happen to believe in life after death, but I don't think it's got a thing to do with reward and punishment. Religion is always in the control business, and that's something people don't really understand. It's in a guilt-producing control business. That's what I kind of believe, too. I mean, I... I like the arguments that uh, theists make that, you know, uh, that something can't be destroyed, that maybe there's an afterlife. Um, I like th- who doesn't want to believe in an afterlife? Uh, just dying stinks. That's a that's a crappy thing. So at some point in my life, I went from just constantly uh, questioning what it was that I believed to just saying, look, I believe it and I'm fine with that. I can live with it. I don't need to put, to convince anybody else of of believing something. I this is what I believe, but I could never rectify in my mind the notion that a just and loving God would create a situation where I either have to believe one of the myriad of sets of holy texts that exist, uh, you know, that don't make any sense to me particularly, or I go off to the bad place. I just didn't, it just doesn't sit well with me. Uh, I mean, I feel like, you know, look, look, if you've got to have the notion of hell for, you know, someplace to put Hitler, all right, fine. Hell's for Hitler. But other than that, I mean, I'm just not quite ready for it. Um, He continues, and if you have heaven as a place where you're rewarded or for your goodness and hell as a place where you're punished for your evil, then you sort of have control of the population. And so they create this fiery place, which has quite literally scared the hell out of people throughout <laughs> Christian history. And it's part of a control tactic. So it's like the carrot and the stick, right? Right. So you've got the, uh, the, the donkey. You hang the, hang the carrot out in front of the donkey. And when it gets tired of chasing the carrot, you just whack it with the, uh, the whip or the stick uh, on the hind quarters. And in, in that way, you have both the positive and the negative reinforcement that it takes to, to take a mindless population uh, and, you know, move them forward. And have them do what you want them to do. 
And I'm not saying that I don't think that Christianity and perhaps Islam, I don't know that much about Islam, uh, aren't brilliant religions. I think that they're well made for you know some percentage of the population that perhaps would be evil otherwise. I don't know who these people are, but I'll, I'll take your word for it. Some of them, maybe they would be evil in the absence of these religions. I'm not looking to get rid of anyone's religion or anything like that, but uh, you know, if the if the preacher man wants to come out and talk about it, then yeah, I agree with him. It doesn't make any sense to me either. I, I I don't know why there would necessarily even be a reward in the afterlife either. My presumption is is that if we exist after our death, we probably existed before our birth. And my guess is is it's then life is something like a movie where you go for uh, the immersion for the conflict. Um, you know, just to see these this experience. It's got to be pretty boring to be immortal and uh, just sitting out there all the time. So, you know, maybe they need some entertainment. Just a guess. That's just me making some wild guesses. Some mortal being sitting on a on a little clod of dirt that's uh, circling an insignificant star. Morrison, the interviewer, continues, but wait a minute, you're saying that hell, the idea of a place under the earth or somewhere you're tormented for an eternity, is actually an invention of the church? Spong, the bishop, continues, I who think... Who else would it be an invention of? <laughs> I mean, who has who has the power and the sway to invent it besides the church? Welcoming uh, Jay Noon here to the Hi, studio. Hey, thanks for having me. Sorry I'm a little late, but uh, Sir William Blackstone uh, wrote this... Uh, four-volume book called William Blackstone's Commentaries on English Law. And I don't know if it's in the actual commentaries of English Law, which was actually the number two seller books uh, of books when the or number two selling book after the Bible when the United States was being settled by basically the English colonists. Anyways, uh, William Blackstone, who I've studied very much because our common law system is really pretty much built on a lot of what he had to say back then, uh, he described hell as a uh, room below the um, judges' chambers. <laughs> or a room below the courtroom, and he he talks about how a lot of this you know stuff comes from uh, intertwining of a uh, Vatican uh, and uh, control over English crown, or some people would say it was English crown control over Vatican and vice versa. You know, where a lot of our law comes from. So that it, it that the the hell that we believe in today may very well have just been some uh, spiritual representation of a very real situation going on uh, between the uh, the bureaucrats arguing about religion and, and law, right? Well, I've been in that room underneath the, uh, underneath the court r- room, and that's the jail cell. Oh, <laughs> you know. free talk live eight fifty five four fifty free. The Bitcoin.com wallet is a simple and powerful full-featured wallet that allows you to send and receive Bitcoin, BTC, and Bitcoin Cash, BCH, with anyone, anywhere in the world. It supports both single and multi-signature wallets and is available in multiple languages. The Bitcoin.com wallet is available on Windows, Linux, Mac, Android, and iOS devices. Use the Bitcoin.com wallet to buy, send, store, and receive both Bitcoin, BTC, and Bitcoin Cash, BCH. Learn more at wallet.bitcoin.com. That's wallet.bitcoin.com. Talk Live. You can call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. I'd like to remind you that if it's between 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern Time, no matter where you are, we are live here on Free Talk Live. It doesn't matter whether it's Christmas or Thanksgiving, 
Independence Day. We're here. It's Mark with you. Angie here. And Jay. The number is 855-450-3733. We're going to get back to the story about how this... Uh, this preacher sprung sprung spong spong uh, i've heard his name before someplace uh is talking about how hell was invented by the church but uh oh well just dropped off the phone line sorry i guess we are going back to that story that's how these things go jay it was somebody named eli who was calling in to say thanks for something or another god knows <laughs> could have been a good story though we'll see the number is 855-450-3733 Spong continues, I think the church fired its furnaces hotter than anybody else, but I think there's a sense in most religious life of reward and punishment in some form. The church doesn't like for people to grow up because you can't control grown-ups. That's why we talk about being born again. When you're born again, you're still a child. People don't need to be born again. They need to grow up. They need to accept their responsibility for themselves and the world. I like that. Uh, I said this has been some time uh, ago that I said it, but I, uh, you know, I said for myself, I believe that heaven and hell exist right here on earth and they're of our own makings that, uh, you know, obviously bad things can happen to you that aren't your actions. But I've become relatively obsessed in my life with making as good a decision as I can make in a given circumstance, uh, whatever a decision is to be made. Besides food, I'm really bad at that. <laughs> Whatever the decision is to be made, I try to, you know, what are, what are the possible outcomes here? I don't want to overthink it or anything like that. But, you know, usually you can find one or two good decisions you could make versus a whole bunch of bad ones. And if you make, like, you know, success is a series of good decisions lined up. So, you know, I'm just presuming that life's going to be better and better as things go by if I continue to make more and more good decisions. Probably should really work on that food thing, though. Angie, but, you can help with that, right? Of course. But, but Mark, you, you have a pretty good uh, – I've gotten to know you pretty pretty good the past few years, and you have a generally a good attitude. You're, you're uh, you know, fairly positive about things. You don't, you don't see you be, like, negative about stuff. And, I try not to take myself too seriously. And uh, – and I and I have some friends that I grew up with that are like these negative Nancys or, you know, they're always like always telling me some reason why I can't do something. And, oh, we got these people in this liberty movement, too. It's like, oh, you're going to fight the property taxes. You just can't do that. Just, just pay them. You know, don't waste your time. And it's like, I'm like, what'd you move here for to, uh, you know, down the situation? But those are the people who like every time I go into court, you know, it costs me a ton of money. I take a day off of work and, and just. I don't care what you're going to do. If you're going to, you know, learn how to wa- ride a horse, you're going to learn how to drive a car, you're going to learn how to fight the system. You got to have a good attitude about it, just in general. And, and I've found, uh, I don't put any effort or any energy into people anymore to just have like this, you know, bad attitude, this, you know, glass half full sense. And right. so people do create their own heaven and hell. And you know, I believe. You know, I, I got an awesome wife. I got a nice property now. I, I do work. I, I love every day. I, I work with people uh, that I enjoy working with. So I, I, I believe that I've created my own, you know, I mean, I wouldn't say it's heaven, but, you know, it's pretty darn close to it. I'm certainly not living in a, in a hell situation. Yeah. Hanging out with Shaolin, I imagine you are feeling a little bit of heaven. Let's go to oh, Eli yeah. calling in from Lebanon. Eli, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Can you hear me? Gotcha. What's on your mind, Eli? Groovy. I uh, just wanted to uh, send some praise Jay's way. Uh, I met him uh, the other day. Um, 
just off the bat, and uh, I've been asking around, getting a feel for the different areas in New Hampshire, and people have everywhere, in every area of New Hampshire, have rated Jay highly. Oh, yes. They say Jay's a groovy guy, a great guy. He's a super activist, there's no doubt. Well, thank you. Well, not just a super activist, but he seems, because there are plenty of people who do a lot and uh, put a lot on the line in New Hampshire in uh, what they're, um, whatever they're particularly interested in doing and doing to the fullest extent. But it seems like Jay is able to do that and also maintain like a really good reputation with people across the state. And I think that's great. Yeah, if you uh, if you want to be part of uh, a movement of of liberty lovers, you can be part of the the great freedom migration here to New Hampshire. Go to shiresociety.org and uh, check out the pledge we've got there. Maybe you'll want to come and hang out with us here in New Hampshire. It's for people who are really into the ideas of liberty. But if you're willing to put a little time and effort into it, well, we're here for you. Well, and and it's not really that hard in New Hampshire in the freedom. Uh, in this freedom community to um, to have a good reputation when, you know, you're working with a bunch of other solid people, you're interacting with a bunch of other solid people. And this is such an open community. It, you just, you figure out who the, um, I don't know, the undesirables are really quick. Uh, they are outed because, because <laughs> all we have here is, is all we have is our reputation. And like, for example, uh, one of, I, I have a duplex house and the other side, uh, the tenant had been there for a couple of years, had moved out and he'd given us, you know, plenty of notice. He'd been looking for a house to buy. And so we kind of put out to the community, Hey, our, you know, our small dome's going to be up for rent. And there was, um, one particular guy who sent me a text message who clearly does not care about his reputation. I'm not going to say his name. Uh, but you know, he moved here and he was, you know, free state or blah, blah, blah. And he's, kind of like burnt a few bridges and i was like nah dude you you, you know we don't need you you know you you, you were a, you know not a good tenant for this other friend of mine and then the guy before that and then another then another guy you know um uh you know calls me up and he says hey i'd like to rent your place and he's a solid dude and and he's gonna rent it and it's, i didn't even have to like try for example to to, to find a mm-hmm. you know a tenant to fill that but uh and the thing is is like uh I want to do a talk about this actually uh, at the Alt Expo tent during Fork Fest and Pork Fest this year um, about uh, how the golden rule, uh, tolerance and forgiveness are are very essential to the freedom community. So, you know, if you get a neighbor who's loud and plays, you know, music you think is obnoxious, you know, don't call the cops. Go over and like have a talk with them. Be like, hey, you know, I'm going to try to go to sleep at this hour or whatnot and and also, if you got uh, it, and and just treat your neighbor like, you know, you want to you treat your own kids. In fact, if you love your your neighbor's kids more than you love your own kids, it's going to be a really good community. And and that's just kind of something uh, that I think is lacking a little bit because you you still got some of these people who come they want to kind of like you know be crotchety and cranky, but they're still trying to be you know libertarian. And it, we can weed that out a little bit. It'll stop a lot of the infighting, and we'll have like. But, uh, you know, right now it's very harmonic, you know, it's a very good community and I love it. And that helps too, is I just, everything I'm doing is stuff I like to do and it's all people I like to work with. So it kind of makes it easy to just, you know, get along with everybody. Eli? 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I thank you uh, for that as well, because I am coming from an area where there was a lot of transients, uh, transients where people didn't really live for a long time. And uh, subsequently, there wasn't really a community. And I had people like actually uh, like uh, a woman obsessed with me for flying an ANCAP flag out of my uh, my last domicile to the point where she was looking in my vehicle and recording what I was uh, what was in my vehicle as wow. well as calling the cops on me Busy trying bodies. to get yeah just trying to get me in trouble with the cops it kind of blew my mind and I repeatedly tried to tried to extend uh, dinner to her a dinner invitation such that she could talk to me and we could have a relationship and actually um, get to know me. But unfortunately, that was absolutely not what she was interested in doing. So thank you, Jay. You're welcome. Thanks call. Thanks for the call, Eli. I appreciate it. And uh, welcome to New Hampshire. The number, 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE here on Free Talk Live. Call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. It's Mark with you. Angie here. And Jay. And I want to tell you about Bitcoin.com. Bitcoin.com is your premier source for everything Bitcoin related. You uh, Bitcoin.com, you can choose a Bitcoin wallet. You can get some free Bitcoin. You can buy some Bitcoin. They can show you where to help spend your Bitcoin, places like Save at purse.com you can also read the latest news which is important news.bitcoin.com or engage with the community and the bitcoin forum it's you can learn more by the way there's games there you can play games with your bitcoin learn more at bitcoin.com that's bitcoin.com let's go to the phones we got andrew calling in from alabama andrew you're listening to on lrn.fm hey mark thanks for taking my call sure what's in your uh, mind well, I heard you say uh, a few minutes ago that um, we're talking about uh, reputation and just that you, you're you the type of person, aside from what you eat, you you always make a, a rigorous, if you will, attempt to always make the right decision or do the right thing. Or in other words, do good. Yeah, string, right? string good decisions and, together. Yes, and I believe that you can, like, I'm that way too. I believe there's always a good decision that you can make. You never have to make an evil decision or one that causes evil or harm, right? I think there's yeah. always, and if you can't think of something, you're just not trying hard enough. There's always some creative way to bring good to a situation, right? But um, what I've heard, and so I've been getting into these conversations with people who I just talked to, you know, having a beer with or whatever, if they believe the same thing, because there's this concept of the greater good, right? And I don't believe in the great. I think you know, greater good, the greater good is evil because it's the situation that you're put in where you have evil thing number one and number two, and one's like a negative 10 and one's a negative two evil. So you choose the greater good, but it's really the lesser evil. And I don't, Can you, you know, give me some examples so, of what it might be like? I mean, I'm sure people, uh, I'm, not that I disagree, I'm just asking. Like you taxes. Know, 
Okay. Taxes, as an example, or like any social welfare or like program or whatever. I'll say, well, we have to steal from you and take this. We have to do it for you, but for everybody. It's the greater good, right? Or uh, right. If we don't steal, um, you know, threaten to take your home away from you and steal money through to you from uh, through property taxes, then poor kids won't be educated. And what about right, the roads? On a more simplistic basis, like if your mother tells you to steal, you know, well, thou shalt obey your parents, and then thou shalt not steal. You know, it seems like you have to choose an evil. But even then, it's like, no, if my mom told me to do that, I could just, like, go out and ask to borrow a, bre- a loaf of bread or, like, do some dishes and earn a loaf of bread. Like, I could think of a lot of fit ways I could do good and still provide the same end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, like, I just don't ever believe that you have to choose evil. Uh, and, like, these, you always think of some extreme circumstance, but, you know, really, what do you think about that? Like, because I haven't been able to think of one example that I would have to choose evil. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, there's, I guess, uh, what comes to mind to me is voting. Uh, when you talk about lesser of two evils, uh, voting always comes to mind. And I guess what I would say regarding voting is is that you're always going to have, at least when it comes to voting for politicians, if you're voting for, say, a uh, a line item where it's like, should we uh, tax you know, X geographic area for X amount of money in order to pay for, you know, why um, in, in that circumstance, then, you know, the answer is clearly no, we shouldn't. But um, in the case of some politician or another, you may be, uh, you know, like just choosing which one of these politicians is least crappy. And that I, I tend not to judge people based on their choices for whoever the politician is, because may or maybe I'll agree, maybe I'll disagree that it was the best choice of those three or four or five people, whomever it might have been. But ultimately, we're all put into a catch-22 where we can't really pick the right choice. Unless you're in New Hampshire and you got a whole bunch of, you know, libertarians. It's pretty nice when I when I lived in Manchester, uh, you know, in the fall and I voted, uh, I literally voted for a whole bunch of people that I knew they were on the ballot. They were going to be better choices. That was really cool. Well, at least if they did something stupid, I could go up to them and rattle their cage and be like, what the hell is wrong with you, man? You know, but half these politicians you can't do that with because, you know, I don't know. That much is true. Andrew? Yeah, no, I uh, I mean, that's a great example, I guess, where you're having to pick between politicians, all of which are bad choice. Uh, But then, like, surely you could there's somebody out there running for president. Who, I mean, there has to be someone who, even if it's your neighbor, like, or Ian, hey, Ian, if I vote for you for president, would you do it? I mean, I don't know if he would or he wouldn't. Yeah. You know, but you, you know, that cast your choice to vote the way that you would believe in. Yeah, I mean, oh, that's yeah. kind of how it is for me when I vote for a libertarian. The chances are good that the libertarian nominee for president isn't going to be taking office in uh, two years. So, so when I vote for them, whether they are, uh, you know, the most stalwart libertarian that's uh, ever existed or just a uh, a shadow of that, it doesn't really matter because at that point I've really just pa- cast a vote for a third party, 
And, um, you know, that's those are the choices I make. What my criteria for voting is, is that they have to be statistically able to win the presidency. So uh, there were only four people on the ballot in the, uh, 2016 that could have done that. Uh, the Green Party, the Libertarian Party, Republicans and Democrats. And I chose to vote for the Libertarian in that circumstance. And, yeah, you know, it's not like I've regretted it. Thanks for the call, Andrew. Appreciate the uh, the, the, the topic. The number is 855-450-3733, 855-450-FREE. And that, uh, that's how we the, – the story we got onto that topic with uh, was uh, this preacher man that's saying that uh, hell was invented by the church. Please go on, Angie. Uh, Morrison, the interviewer, asks Spong, what do you make of the theology, which is pretty quite prominent these days in America, which is there is one guaranteed way not to go to hell, and that is to accept Jesus as your personal savior? Spawn goes, yeah, I grew up in that tradition. Every church I know claims that we are the true church, that they have some ultimate authority. We have the infallible Pope. We have the Bible. The idea that the truth of God can be bound in any human system, by any human creed, by any human book, is almost beyond imagination for me. I mean, God is not a Christian. God is not a Jew or a Muslim or a Hindu or a Buddhist. All of those are human systems, which human beings have created to try to help us walk into the mystery of God. Right. I always feel like if somebody says, this is the only way, that person's just looking to control me. Maybe not over, maybe not uh, consciously that's what their plan is, but that's what they believe, and they're being you know, ultimately controlled by somebody else. It seems like a cruel God to me that would hand down uh, the Bible to us and... You know, this, by, this this book that's been translated, and obviously there's been mistranslations. We can see them historically that they've existed. Uh, you know, the doctrine has been handed down. It's confusing. And, like, really, here's a, a sticker for me. may not be a sticker for everybody, but it is for me. It says very specifically that you have to believe in Jesus' name. Jesus said you have to believe in his name. But Jesus' name isn't Jesus. It's Yahushua ben Yosef. And the idea that I am going to believe in the Greek name of Jesus, I find this confusing. I understand not everybody does. But am I going to go to hell because a fair and just God is going to throw me into eternal torment, me, one of his children, into eternal torment because I didn't believe this story? If my son, and I only have one, I have an only begotten son, right? Um, If he does something bad, I don't decide to torture him for even a short period of time. In order to teach him otherwise. Now, I'm not saying punishments don't exist at my house, but they're pretty minor compared to something I would call torture. Um, and this is torture for all eternity. So that seems bad. I personally think the whole Jesus character was a you know manufactured by the Vatican Church to uh, enslave mankind, uh, and a lot of uh, a lot of uh, Jesus loving Christians really. Uh, yeah, they get offended, they get upset, and they they disagree with me. Sure, and and uh, I'd say that Jesus was just a is, is one of the many figure, one of the many faces of God, and that it's a pathway. And and I don't disagree that Jesus was actually a man that did walk the earth at one time. I mean, you know, I've met a few Mexican guys named Jesus, and you know, I called them, we all called them Jesus because you know, it's fun. You know, and he, and we just all giggled about it. exactly every time we called Jesus, he would just smile. You we know? had a cab driver in Mexico. His name was Jesus, and he'd uh, go out and get uh, meals for us. I'd say thank you, Jesus, for our food. Nice. <laughs> so, anyways, the uh, but this 
I've studied this stuff a, a lot, and I really believe that we all have our own personal Jesus that the state creates, and we resurrect it every time we sign a government document that has the X next to it, and we keep on enslaving ourselves through this resurrection of our own personal Jesus. So there's a cross there, and uh, your signature somehow raises uh, whatever's on the cross? Somehow. That idea? In the paper world, yes. Got it. The number is 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Go to themorganreport.com and receive updates and insights you will not find anywhere else on the web. You will discover how to grow and protect your wealth under all market conditions. The Free Morgan Report provides interviews, webinars, question and answer sessions, plus mind-blowing videos. As David Morgan says, let my passion create your wealth. Themorganreport.com. Themorganreport.com. talk live you are free to call in and talk live here on this live edition of free talk live it's between 7 p.m and 10 p.m eastern time wherever you are you can call and talk here it's mark with you angie here and jay the number 855-450-3733 angie in the last hour we were reading an article from uh some preacher out there spong who is uh saying that uh hell was created by the church as a way to control people through fear. Right. Yeah. Well, as, uh, how, far, how much longer does this go? Um, it just has a couple more sentences. Yeah. Uh, Spong continues that, I honor my tradition. I walk through my tradition. But I don't think my tradition defines God. It only points me to a God. That's kind of how I see it, too, is, is there's many ways to get to a relationship with whatever uh, the you know the, the deity out there, uh, this, this mystery um, that so many of us believe that exists and one can say look there's no proof for uh, a god and i got gotcha. you there's not a lot of proof a lot of people have experiences that lead them to believe that there's a god and i'm not going to tell those people that they're wrong but what one can point to is is that uh, the human species apparently is theist right like there's Best I can tell, there hasn't been a culture yet that is just not interested in the supernatural God or you know something like that. They all believe in something beyond mm-hmm. what we we currently have, and that's what makes things fun. Yeah, well, I love all those stories. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I, to, to me, I think whatever it is that you've got going, that's your relationship, and it's cool. Uh, for me, it's not going to be my motivating thing because I've got my own uh, uh, own story, and um, I appreciate this Spong guy coming out and and sort of probably giving a lot of people some relief in this area because it can be really stressful thinking that you're always failing and you're always uh, you know guilty of something uh, that this this uh, you know eternal being is always watchful over how much you're giving praise and how much you're uh, you know yeah you're touching yourself at night not 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 that's a sin god and you know frustrating there are these people that i i know now that you mention i, I it brings back some memories remember this one kid 
And in high school, he's like, oh, I'm going to hell anyway, so I'm just going to do whatever. You know, it, I don't, he just didn't care. Right. I mean, he's just convinced he's going to hell no matter what. So, those, right, at that point, he'd, uh, he'd, he'd bought some portion of the story and just decided, okay, that's it. I might as well do everything wrong. Yeah, he was one of these guys, see you in hell, brother. You know, when he, you know, walk away from her or something or see him somewhere, and he was just. Did he ever uh, end up in prison? You know, I, yeah, he kind of might be dead, actually, now I'm thinking yeah, about yeah. it. Uh, he's he's definitely on those that list of uh, kids I went to high school with that got into heroin and that list every now and then on Facebook. You know, you see another, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. overdose or whatever. Or, um, yeah, he's, all, he's had a chronic struggle in life. But, I mean, I knew this guy since we were, oh, I don't know, seven, eight years old. And his, you know, his parents were like, you know, iron-fisted, you, you know, I don't know. Religious if, sorts? I don't even know if that, I was going to say Catholics, but I'm not sure. I don't know what. The, yeah, there was some kind of religious. You're going to burn in hell, like you know, kind of, kind of folks, and it really screwed this dude up. It was just ingrained in him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, um, I, I, I feel for those people in those situations because uh, something similar happened to me. I, you know, believed all the things that I've been told in Sunday school and at uh, private school and all that stuff, and then one day. I stopped believing them because I didn't believe every aspect of the story. I remember the Noah story didn't make much sense to me. So I'm like, well, if this is wrong, then it's all wrong. Because I was taught that it was all right, right? Like, either this is the unerring word of God or it isn't. And you, so once it wasn't the unerring word of God anymore, then it wasn't. And then I didn't believe any of that. That sent me on this path of destruction, destructive behavior that ended me up in, you know, ultimately in prison. And... I think that there, although that particular type of rearing may really work for some people, I think that you need to understand that there's another side of the coin that it really doesn't work for other types and that one needs to be careful about what sort of uh, statements one makes surrounding those kind of things. Let's I, go. To, oh, I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say, I got to say, uh, you know, my father raised me uh, for, you know, up till about five with, uh, you know, no mom. We just use a single, you know, dad. And my grandmother had us a lot uh, when we were little kids. And she was one of these, she was raised like hardcore Irish Catholic, but she was like very spiritual. She was really into like putting the crystals, you know, in the moon when there was a full moon. And she was uh, really into like uh, angels are looking out for you and, you know, and karma. Like I can remember I like, I was in Kmart and I don't know, I, I broke something on a thing and she like slapped me and, and uh, made me like pay for it and buy it and then she told me karma was going to get me for doing that so like you know my uh and then like I don't know, a couple weeks later some toy i really liked i mean i was like in first grades i remember yeah. telling my teacher about this six first or grade. seven yeah yeah and uh the toy broke whatever it was and uh my grandmother was like yep that's karma so just a couple more toys gonna break and your karma debt will be paid you know because you you know i was just like broke this other i was thing. being a little bastard I just kicked something in kmart and it like flew across and it broke and it yeah. was like 30 bucks my grandmother paid for it and made me like work it off for a dollar an hour <laughs> but wasn't that doing the right thing i mean you paid your debt to karma because you paid for it and you worked for it so why would karma come back to get you later uh there was she had this uh theory of like um you gotta have to like if you do something bad you have to pay back a you know a triple debt or something that okay was, it was just something she liked. Some, quanti- you know. some quantity. Sure. Let's go to Sarah calling in from New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Oh, yes. Uh, you know, um, I've been going to the senior center, um, but I, I have requested a, a chapel. Are you senior? Or meditation. At the, at the senior center. Are you a senior? 
No, I'm I'm gonna qualify. I'm gonna be. I could be a member this July twenty fourth. What's that? So July twenty fourth so should be a senior. Is, okay. Okay, so my whole point is that well, they think that, and then they say, well, the gift room is gift empty. Nobody wants to run it, so there's an empty room that just sits there. And uh, and then I like to like meditate for fifteen minutes or do my decrees chanting, and it always bothers people, you know, because uh, they ask me, "Is that Christian?" And they thought, and then they and I say, "Well, I I pray to um, Buddha and Hindu uh, religion," and they're like, "Oh, they report me and they turn me in <laughs> so that I cannot, so that I cannot pray anywhere in that place." So, but, but but the thing is, you know, all the hospitals like uh, that take uh, government funding, like UNM Hospital, for example, it's uh, you know government funded, and the, even the college they have a Catholic chapel, a huge one. Yep. And they have Airports have chapels. them too. Well, that's what I'm talking about. All the universities have a, they have a Lutheran center and the, for an organization, and they take taxpayer funding. This whole thing about well, it takes taxes, so what? We cannot have any religious, um, religious thing on in this property. But that's that, that's bunch of nonsense. Because, like I said, the hospital has two chapels. Yeah. And the the colleges have like this, uh, like I said, a huge Catholic um, center. I mean, huge with like eight different rooms. So. Yeah, I'd you say know, as long as the there's audience. a chapel, um, and that chapel's not necessarily set aside for one particular religion or something like that, yeah, that makes sense to me that uh, that any tax-funded organization can have that if they want. Well, here's the well, thing. The whole thing is, is that it's, what I'm saying is what they don't want is like a mission where they preach to you. I've been to the, uh, like, West community, they preach to you for an hour before you they feed you, like, hot dogs and beans, Yeah, you know, for the homeless. So that's that's the completely the their organization, you know. What I mean, so but what I'm saying is, if, if you know, it's, uh, if uh, religion is not pushed and forced on you and beaten into you, and you you and you're going there out of your free volition to practice your own faith, open to all religions, you know, you pray and meditate, but it's a room. So why it should be tax funded? They do they do very well in all the hospitals. They do all the well in. Um, Every time I've seen a chapel, it's been empty. But that doesn't mean that it shouldn't be at uh, some tax-funded thing. Sir, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE here on Free Talk Live. call in talk about whatever's on your mind it's mark with you angie here and jay jay fork fest 2019 is coming up june 13th through the 18th oh we're gonna have a good time rogers campground i heard uh you're gonna be having man camp there uh now there's gonna be several other events going on including the the big gay dance party and a few other things oh Buzz is putting on a big gay nope. or no? No, no. Okay. This is uh, somebody else. Yeah, Derek and Steven are. Oh, right, right. I heard him right. talk about that maybe last night, actually. Yeah. So w- tell me about Man Camp. 
Oh, I'd love to tell you about Man Camp. So Man Camp, the idea about Man Camp is to uh, restore confidence in mankind. Uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm going to be 40 years old this summer. My peers uh, are virtually useless. <laughs> they are virtually useless. My peers have been virtually useless my entire life. Yeah. Uh, I like they just anything happens that you know. Oh, I I wouldn't change a tire. I just call AAA. I mean, but the thing I, I I'm not sure if I could do it safely. People are like, you know, I, I every Wednesday I have a uh, a good friend, um, and he's actually not a useless guy. He's a very handy guy, but he brings his truck to me uh, every almost every Wednesday. Every other Wednesday he comes down, and we work on his truck or one of his trailers. He's got a farm here in New Hampshire. He's a free stater. And uh, we do, he, he's like, oh, I'm going to do man camp. So, but the thing is, is uh, the people who want government, there's two kinds of people who want government. Those who don't have the confidence to take care of themselves and feel they need government to take care of them. And then there's those who are these authoritarian types who want to prey on those people who don't have the confidence to take care of themselves. And the, f- the first group I had mentioned is much larger than the second group. Yeah. There's a lot more. Uh, that are being preyed on than are authoritarians. So my idea is like, let's do some things that kids were, that I got to grow up doing because I grew up on a farm. I am so blessed. I grew up where my dad was like, and it was probably a good thing that my dad was a single father because he was like, had to take me to work with him. He's like, you're cleaning stalls. And I just, I don't even remember he told me to clean stalls. I just did it. I mean, when I was six years old, I taught a 15 year old his first job and that was cleaning stalls. So when we had a forge there and we did some iron working and we did a lot of horseshoeing and we were always fixing and repairing stuff. So I got a homestead property now. There's a lot of work that needs to be done around there. I was on the roof today, actually. And uh, so so the idea of man camp is to, uh, at Forkfest, we're going to set up the blacksmithing area. Uh, we're actually, uh, I think I got a girl who's going to teach an oxygen acetylene uh, class and how to use how to cut steel with an oxy- oxygen acetylene torch. We're going to have like a little get together on uh, sharpening chains and chainsaws. You know, it's something we need in New Hampshire. Uh, we're going to have a lot of kids. Activity. I want to know how to sharpen a knife well too. Um, I, I, you know, I've I found over time that sometimes I sharpen them better than others. Yeah, and and the thing is, is uh, so my brother Josh is actually going to do that. He's uh, he sharpens you know his uh, horseshoeing. His his uh, hoof knife. He's a horseshoer. He's a farrier. Uh, you know, several times a day, and he's like a he can make your knife a razor blade that'll hold if it's a decent knife. So we are gonna tr- we're trying to get someone to do a little knife making class there. Uh, a few of the people I've talked to about doing it are a little intimidated. It might be me who does it, and I'm not like super. Um, you know, I don't have a lot of knife making experience. I've made a few knives. I got to you know polish up on it. But yeah, there there will actually be a knife sharpening uh, thing there. There's uh, you know basically uh, activity, and we're gonna we're gonna do all kinds of things. I'm actually making for uh, Free Ross 2019. I want to do like a group effort. I'm gonna have a, it's gonna be basically a sheet of sheet metal, and we're gonna be able to take a uh, MIG welder, and we're gonna teach people how to weld with a MIG welder. We're gonna actually uh, teach do some uh, gas oxyacetylene welding classes. The way that my great grandfather welded when he worked for the um, power company Con Edison, he was wel- welded with gas, uh, you know, hot flame. Huh. And uh, so we just did a little bit of this up in um, uh, Bangor, Maine. We were up at uh, the Slopies, and Ernie Hancock was up there, and we made some ornamental uh, iron art uh, for uh, hanging, um, you know, basket holders and stuff and plants. 
with uh, Derek Slopey's kids. They were uh, Getting time for Mother's Day. Seven and twelve. Yep, we made some, st- and even uh, Derek's wife, she got right in on it. That and uh, and my wife Shallon, they were, you know, pounding pounding hot steel on the anvil. And I'm sending my son to you uh, over the summer for yep. a, a version of man camp, so he can learn how to do many of these things. Uh, more or less, he's just going to help you in whatever you're doing, as opposed to having a class for him. Yep. But uh, you know that's how people learn. They they do these things. If you want to be involved in Forkfest and that and everything else, go to Forkfest.party. I've got a Telegram chat, Forkfest forum, Forkfest.party to uh, to get involved. I I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm uh, interested in Man Camp. Yeah, I've been getting a lot of excitement about it. I actually uh, made a Man Camp uh, Telegram planning page, uh, planning chat on Telegram. I got to do a public chat for Man Camp actually next and. Uh, there's a lot of excitement. Uh, the free rostering we're going to build is uh, basically going to be a piece of like metal art that everybody can like put their name on. Or who, I'm going to bas- basically make it so you make it like a ten dollar donation to uh, the free Ross. and then we're going to take sign this, their name in a TIG welder. Si- si- well, si- yeah, in a MIG welder actually. Sign right. their name in a MIG welder, and or, or they can bend up some metal. I'm going to make it so like it's blank, and people are going to start it. And I'm going to help everybody through it. And then we're going to auction that off, and we're going to have the free Ross Benefit auction, which I'll be the auctioneer for, either on the uh, Friday night or the Saturday night of Pork Fest. But uh, and, and then it's just uh, the Man Camp thing is uh, it, it's going to be awesome. I got a, a lot of people are very excited about it. Like people coming out wanting to volunteer and teach things. Now you call it Man Camp, but women can sign up too. Well, w- women are uh, you know men that have a womb. <laughs> we're all mankind. I want to. I want to get away from using the word person. You know, people. I'm always correcting people. They're like, "Oh, this person," and I'm like, "Oh, a person." If you look up that definition, is a corporation, trust, or other legal fiction. That's what a person is, and it's just uh, the language has been so mol- molested. And also, it's like everybody's like, "Oh, the man's going to put me down." It's like, "Well, be the man." then you won't be being put down. Stop being anything other than a man. And it, it is just mankind. And, you know, people get like hyper feminist about things and like over, oversensitive. I, I just don't even pay attention to it. Ernie's but you're happy little, to help anybody learn to weld. I'm happy to help anybody learn how to do anything they want. Let me ask you this. Uh, TIG welders for aluminum? You can use a TIG welder for aluminum. I also have a, a MIG welder set up for aluminum. Okay, so yep. what is the t- difference between a TIG and a MIG? Uh, well, TIG is uh, tungsten inert gas, but basically, the, so I taught uh, Ernie and uh, Derek did some TIG welding. <laughs> it, TIG welding is just welding using, instead of using uh, gas for your heat to melt two metals together, you're using electricity to melt two metals together. And TIG is tungsten inert gas. And inert gas is argon. That removes all the atmosphere so you can make a really nice, clean, precise weld. Ernie Hancock has never TIG welded in his life. He's 57 years old, but he's done a lot of gas welding. That guy was doing TIG welds, you know, like he had been better than a lot of guys who have been TIG welding, like, for a couple years. Like a pipe fitter. Uh, Well, I mean, yeah, because he just, it's the similar process of gas welding. So a lot of the old timers do get TIG welding down pretty quick. Got a story here from the L.A. Times that I want to uh, to go over, and I think it, I, I find this headline very surprising. More households now subscribe to some kind of streaming service than traditional TV, according to a new report. So I believe it. But the I, cord cutting thing is no longer uh, just uh, you know a, a marginal uh, thing that's being done. It is mainstream. Cord cutting is mainstream now. This is the end of. The old media, broadcast media, uh, that kind of thing. Now we've got something different going on. Well, the marketplace has been opened up, you know, thanks to Internet. 
It's true. You get YouTube right on your TV. YouTube, Netflix, Instant gratification. All that. Yep. that too. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Realtor Mark Ward. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farm, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. Porcupinerealestate.com. We talk live. You're welcome to call in and talk about whatever's on your mind. We're reading this article from the LA Times here that uh, says that now it's we've reached the more than 50% threshold where more households subscribe to a streaming service than to traditional TV. Now, it's possible that a household subscribes to both. But now we have a situation where more people are subscribed to, uh, more households subscribe to a streaming service uh, than to traditional TV. And I think that this is uh, it's a turning point. In- and a lot of people I know, the only reason that they actually have cable television is because the bundle is cheaper for like broadband phone Internet access mm-hmm. and cable. Now we have this little cable company called TDS where I live in Henniker, New Hampshire, and it's like forty-one bucks just for internet. And you know there is no like it isn't cheaper with the bundle. So you know we we don't. I I got no reason to subscribe right. to cable. Extra. Yeah. So I, and I I actually have never ever had cable. Uh, since at, since I moved out of my parents' house when I was 19. Yeah, it's been a long time since I had cable, too. Uh, there was a time when it was $19 or something to have uh, you know cable to the house. So, well, why not uh, have something when the TV gets turned on? But that's been a long time now with the Internet. You've already got the Internet. You're already paying for the Internet. Uh, so... You know, just having some kind of box hooked up to your TV that uh, allows you to have, I, I think it's your widgets or something. I don't know what they're called, but uh, some kind of app that plays either, um, you know, YouTube or Amazon or whatever it might be. Amazon, I think they practically give away those fire sticks or did at one point. So, uh, and yeah, cable's really expensive. Uh, the guy, six months ago, I moved into this house, and the guy that was living there before us, he, uh, he was very much into sports ball. Yep. And he, he's like talking about how he's broke and this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, well, you know, he's like, I, I, I can't find a place any cheaper, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, what do you spend your money on? You know, he, he gets like $2,500 a month between disability and a little job he works. And uh, he's like, well, you know, my cable bill, 122 bucks a month. I'm like, what? He's like, well, you know, he goes, you can't like stream the football game and the Red Sox games. I don't know. You know, he's kind of like a little behind technology, but yeah, you know, I'm like, that's a lot of money, man. Just to, you know, 
watch a you know government you know funded you know subsidized industry you know it's, it's all it is as far as i'm concerned yeah once you once you're talking about live sports that's when the uh that's that's where they got you it's uh they still haven't quite brought that online entirely i don't know everything somebody's probably listening and uh, knows how you can get uh, sports online i don't know the answer the number is 855-450-3733 if you've got a retail business and you're looking for a solution for point of sale cryptocurrency acceptance it's never been easier thanks to anypay.global there's no paperwork or approval process to open an account if you already have a tablet at your cash register you're almost done just sign up at anypay.global and that's that really it's it's not it's not very hard just drop your personal crypto wallet addresses into their setup page and then load the app that's it. You're accepting cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Dash and Bitcoin Cash right at your store. Get started now at anypay.global. It's anypay.global. And it's a great service. Love it. But check it out, anypay.global. This story here from the LA Times um, talking about how the uh, for the first time the percentage of households in the U.S. that subscribe to a digital streaming service, um, they now it's more than traditional um, television, according to the results of a new uh, survey released Monday. Deloitte's 13th annual Digital Media Trends survey found that 69% of respondents have at least one streaming video subscription, probably Netflix or uh, Amazon, Amazon Prime. I, I use my brother's next Netflix account. I don't even have one. <laughs> <laughs> right. A lot of people, that's the, the, the case, uh, compared with 65% who have a traditional pay TV subscription. So that's cable, not somebody who just has rabbit ears. You could still do that. Mm-hmm. And actually, that's pretty, the uh, the airwaves, a guy was at his place in Ware the other day, and he was telling me how he gets like 85 channels, and he's got the antenna pointed towards like Boston. So I can't believe like, you can get that. Yeah, well, he's on a high. He's on a good spot. He's almost got a clear. He's definitely got a clear shot to Manchester, and he picks up a ton of Boston stuff. And it's a HD. It's it's like the high definition. It's not like your old four hundred and forty yeah. hertz, you know, rabbit ears deal. This is um, and he's got a rotator thing. He can turn it like he says. There isn't much in Concord, uh, but he can get a, get a lot of stuff. And he was. Oh, it's, say it's a, a rotator. That's the the issue. It's right, a directional so he, antenna. But he gets like an ESP. And one, two, and three. Yep. He gets like a, a Fox one, two, and three. He gets like a uh, and a couple of different NBCs. I mean, a lot of them are you know over, are overlapping the same shows, but like some of the content is different. And and there's a lot of like uh, tell you know, there's all kinds of stuff on. There. I don't know, but he, he likes it because he got rid- he dumped cable because he got that digital. I think it's a digital broadcast or something. I don't know. The, it's a high frequency, like it's a small antenna. Yeah, I would think the antenna would have to be directional in order to pick it, it up. Yes, it is yeah. absolutely. The, the the finding underscores say sixty five percent who have traditional pay subscription. The finding underscores the continued popularity of services such as Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon Prime as more customers become disenchanted with the high costs associated with cable and satellite packages. And they are. And as the as more people leave, it seems like the prices continue to get higher. We uh, when the economic downturn hit, and I think this was like 2008 or whatever, we tightened uh, our belts there at uh, at my house, and we got rid of everything that we didn't have to have, and we went through each thing and looked at it, and like, can you give up this? Can you give up that? You know, there's lo- just looking at everything, and yeah, we could absolutely give up. Uh, at the time, I think we had Dish or something, and just cut it, and. We never, we've never gone back. We haven't had anything there for over 10 years. Now we've got a TV with, a, it's like an, an old PlayStation 3 that uh, 
that the the the, the uh, Amazon Prime, yeah, and, yep. and YouTube is uh, is cycled through, and that's it. So you could go buy like a fifty dollars smartphone at Walmart and and stream about any service. You know, all these phones, smartphones now you can go USB to an HDMI. Oh yeah, you could do and, that. You know, they work pretty good. Uh, but like, I wonder on that. You know, how many people who still have actual uh, cable subscriptions are you know how many of those people are under 40 i bet you a big probably few because like my grandparents though well, um, they got to have cable my one grandmother my needs it to too. watch to watch the red Sox. my other grandmother well, you know wants to watch csi and all these crime investigation shows in the nightly news and i'm like so so i, I and i'm showing them both you could just do this on the internet yeah you mm-hmm. don't you don't need to have that um uh you know you know, cable. My mom doesn't want to consume it that way. And then, I mean, same yep. same deal. So, so I, I bet you, if you looked into the age category, you know, it's going to be a lot of people that are you know north of forty that are still subscribing. Probably ten years ago on Free Talk Live, we had a story where they found somebody who was still renting their AT and T telephone from the local AT and T affiliate. Now, the, I didn't even know what this meant. But apparently, you didn't used to, when I before I was a kid, uh, before I was born, you didn't used to be able to own a phone. You had to rent it from AT and T because they had the monopoly. And if you lived in the same place long enough, and you didn't change your plan long enough, then you could potentially still be today renting a phone and paying the old uh, phone rates and all that stuff. And likely, and of course, the person who was doing this was probably in their 80s, 70s or 80s or something like that. And um, you know, they hadn't moved and didn't have a lot of knowledge about phone plans or anything. So they just continued to do the same thing over and over again. It, but it, it just baffles me that some customer service person that they must have talked to, a few of them over the course of decades, that they didn't come up and say, this is a terrible deal. Well, I mean, unless you're wanting to like dump them. You know, like I, I just dumped Verizon the other day, right. and they're like, "Oh, well, we could give you." I'm like, "Listen, don't you guys? Can you give me?" I here's here's what I said to him: "Can you give me a deal where I paid no taxes?" <laughs> uh, and they're like, "What are you talking about? Well, do you have an exemption number?" Blah blah blah. I says, "No." I says, "But when I go buy a straight talk card at Walmart in New Hampshire, it's forty five bucks and no tax. If I buy it in Massachusetts, I pay sales tax on it." But uh. Like, you know, these people have been renting the phone for $4 a month for 25 years, probably. And a customer service associate is not going to, like, you know, try to talk them out of it. You know, and the only time, you know, someone who's been doing this doesn't probably doesn't even know they're renting it. Probably not. They probably don't even have a clue. It's just all part of the package. Mm -hmm. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. Talk Live. You're free to call in and talk about whatever you want, but we're talking about uh, this sea change here where apparently more Americans now are using streaming services than they are sort of paid cable and, and dish type services. Uh, I, I, I'm amazed by it. It's, it's Mark with you. Angie here. And Jay. I guess it had to happen at some point, but I. I, I didn't think it was happening so quickly. Well, it was just like the same thing, what, uh, six, seven, eight, ten, I don't know, 12 years ago that it became more uh, cell cell phone numbers and actual landline numbers. And I remember that was like a big deal yeah. when that happened. But of course, I mean, cell phones are convenient. Uh, you you know, with landlines, you have to use the uh, 
you know, the conglomerate that has the local monopoly. I mean, wait till we get to this like mesh network thing going that we've been working on to where we can, you know, via mesh network, we can choose any internet service provider we want. Or when the uh, technology gets good enough to where satellite uh, internet can be, you know, affordable enough to use that we can just go with work off whoever satellite we want. And there's actual real competition because, it's like Ernie Hancock says, you know, freedom is 62 miles up. You know, if you can put some, get a satellite in the air and we get to satellite uh, data packets get good enough for, you know, all this streaming and every, all the crazy stuff we want to do, uh, you know, we could have probably some really good choices then. Is it, uh, yeah, Ernie's obsessed with that kind of stuff and he's got some really great ideas. Is it Pirates Without Borders? Pirates that? Without Borders, yeah. And, and everybody's been hearing, you know, the, the letters of Mark and reprisal that, him and Davi Barker and a bunch of people have been working on, you know, on the, um, you know, if you listen to the LRN feed uh, or, or or Twitch feed, those or, those come on in the commercials. We play those on Free Talk Live's regular uh, commercials, so they, they're not just there. They're oh, on okay. radio stations right. across yep. the U.S. because mainly because Ernie is such a dynamic and brilliant individual i think that uh, just just i want people to be aware of what he's uh, working on and what oh, he's yeah. talking about cuz he's I, an amazing guy i spent a couple of days up there with ernie up in maine and I, I i i've loved ernie for years i mean he's just he's such a ball of energy he's so much fun I had a great time working with him for a few days, He's and he does a lot of good things. I want to thank the amplifiers for amplifying Free Talk Live, especially C-Haw. I guess it's like yee-haw, like see-hee-hee-haw-haw-haw, <laughs> um, for amplifying us at the uh, silver rate. Thank you, C-Haw. If you want to support Free Talk Live and what we do, which is to bring the message of liberty to people seven nights a week here on the, the airwaves, go to amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp freetalklive.com the survey which they're talking about here with the, uh, the the streaming services found that the average consumer subscribes to three streaming services that binge watching continues to be a popular activity with 91% of US millennials saying that they have watched three or more episodes of a show in a single sitting and I I guess I have done that I don't do it often but I, three services, by no means am I going to pay that kind of money. I'm not getting back on the cable train by having, I don't even know what they cost, but I think I think of it as like 8 or $9 for a streaming service is what I imagine as, a, as far as the number goes. Per month. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, if you have Amazon Prime, that's included in your Prime account. Right. But half the reason we have Amazon Prime at my house is because of the streaming service. Um, and the other half is, is shipping. What about you guys? What do you have at your house there, Angie? Uh, we have Amazon Prime, and my son, Mikey, has Netflix. We don't even have a TV at our house. So what do they do? They just put it on the computer? Yeah, we have laptops, computers, and everybody watches their own thing when they want to. Everybody has their own setup. Huh. So you guys don't have, like, family movie night? No. Well, if we do, we do it on my MacBook Pro in the living room on the rug, and everybody gets popcorn and sits together. There you go. We, we have a... Uh, uh, projector and that works pretty cool because you can do it either from my phone or my wife's phone and uh she she has prime and hulu and but i think we're going to get rid of hulu because the last couple of times we watched something on hulu there's commercials and m- most of them are commercials for pharmaceutical and first uh, you pay and then you get a commercial crap so I, i'm like let's just get rid of that we don't need that and then i use my brother's netflix which you know you can like five people can work off the same netflix account mm-hmm. i guess I watched some movie 
not too long ago. It was uh, it was ten thousand BC a few nights ago. Um, not the greatest, certainly not the most historical movie uh, ever I've ever seen, but it wasn't terrible either. It had all the elements of a fine movie, and it, I got to see it through Amazon Prime. But it was a, one of the services on Prime where they offer some this third party service, and it has ad had ads in it. It probably had ten or twelve ads, which, mind you, if you were watching a two-hour movie on broadcast television, you just saw a heck of a lot more mm-hmm. than 10 or 12 ads in that oh, time yeah. frame. But uh, I was just kind of like, well, this isn't so bad. I could live with it. I, I didn't have a particular problem with it. But at the same time, at every once in a while, you'd be like interrupted in your viewing. Many consumers experience frustration with the uh, streaming services content, with 47% saying they need multiple subscriptions to watch everything they want, and 57% saying shows that they enjoy have disappeared from streaming services. As a matter of fact, it's my understanding that Disney is intending to roll out a streaming service here in the relatively near future. Yeah, Brian they, Sovereign was talking about that the other day, actually. They are uh, Sovereign Tech. Yep, Sovereign Tech. Yep, you can search that. He, uh, I mean, when you're, when, if, when Disney goes off of any of these other streaming services, they're, I mean, the reason we have intellectual property laws in America is because of Mickey Mouse. Disney is the biggest proponent of intellectual property. Once they pull their content from some from these services, then these services are going to look a lot less attractive when you can no longer get Mary Poppins and all the Disney movies. And then don't forget, they own all the Marvel content. I was going to say, now. they've been buying up all kinds of IP like crazy, too. They've like got all Star the cool Wars. Stuff. Yep. And I, they pretty much. I mean, there's a lot of content that, that Disney has, and once they open their own streaming service, they've got it all. You know, it drives me nuts. Uh, not so much really in the libertarian community, but like th- like some of my family, and like they're talking about how they're all talking about how they watch like all these like um, episodes and all this stuff. And I'm like, how do you get anything done? But it's like, you know, these are the people that, you know, that their kids, uh, you know, are watching, you know, uh, some brown guy mow the lawn, so they're not watching mom and dad do it, and mom and dad don't mow the lawn. They're hiring someone to do it, and they're not, you know, it, it takes more effort to have your kid mow the lawn than to go do it yourself half the time, so they're not even doing ass. This is like where that's this because, man camp comes in. That's because of bad parent, parenting up to that point. Well, I, and and it's just, but it's like, man, I, you know, TV rots your mind. I, you know, and it's just, a, some people watch a lot of TV. Yeah, I, you know, there was a time when I, almost entirely played console video games rather than watching television. I didn't even understand it, but... At least that's interactive. Yeah. (laughs) At some point or another, it kind of switched over for me, and now I'm generally watching, you know, some movie or... If I'm watching, I'm generally going to watch a movie or something. I don't... There's... None of these shows have really tickled my fancy, at least uh, since Rome, which was an HBO show from probably... 10 plus years ago and i really haven't had anything since then that's really gotten uh, got me terribly excited i know a lot of people like game of thrones is a big one and like oh the, yeah the living dead or i was something. a big breaking bad fan yeah breaking bad that was, was a, a huge one. one i remember lost a lot of people were into I that, see one. that one yeah I, I did watch lost when i was in colorado and but one of my hay customers a couple of weeks ago she was like um you better not show up here you know, after seven o'clock, because I'm in house and I'm watching my shows, and I'm like, "What day?" Every day she tells me, and I'm like, "Oh, okay." You know, and this is just you know, some sometimes I drive down to Cape Cod with some hay, and I don't get to her place maybe till seven, so I got to make her the first stop. You know, and 
<laughs> Seven yeah. o'clock. She at least she at least she's got a time. Yeah. I I do think you have to protect your personal time to some extent, in the sense that I have a little uh, advisory on my email that says, "Hey, look, I work from nine a.m. to five p.m." Yep, I've seen it. If you've got an issue. It's going to be handled between 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. It's not going to be handled after that because in today's connected world, people sort of have an expectation that if they send you something at 5.15 that you're going to handle it. Well, no, I'm not. I've got to do four days a week on the air. That's three hours plus the show prep time, which can be a couple hours on top of that. And then I've got to run the the ads for the the show and all those things. No, I don't have time to just be go chasing after whatever the uh, the little minutia is and somebody'll always give it to you. So when I get off the air here at 10 p.m., yeah, I'm going to go home, I'm going to watch a movie and I'm going to go to bed. Uh, a guy I do some work for, he's got a rental business in Ware. He was just telling me Ware, New Hampshire that where? he uh, in Ware, yeah. And he shuts off has it set up so his all his work related communications except for his emergency phone number, yep. shut off at 5 p.m. and turn back on, I think, at 8 a.m. Because uh, he's just, it's just, phone's just buzzing constantly. Right. Otherwise. I but imagine I, that's true for lots of lines yep. of work, but it certainly is for mine and probably is for yours, too. The number, 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE is in freedom. What's, the, what's a fair number of hours to protect uh, for yourself? Uh, you know, for your time and your family. Free Talk Live. Some of you asked, and now we've delivered. LRN.FM's live Keene, New Hampshire studio shows are now streamed in HD on Twitch. Visit our channel at twitch.lrn.fm and give it a follow. If you have Amazon Prime, you get one free subscription on Twitch. If you use it on our channel, Twitch will give LRN.FM a monthly piece of your Prime subscription cost. So please watch, follow, share, and subscribe to twitch.lrn.fm. That's twitch.lrn.fm. It's the third hour of Free Talk Live. And of course, you are well, welcome to call in and talk about what you want. We're reading a story here, uh, started in the last hour, uh, from the LA Times about how people are like, cutting the cord is no longer a marginal activity. More people have streaming services now than paid sort of dish and sa- and cable services, satellite and, uh, and cable. I was uh, really surprised by the number that it happened so soon, but it make, I guess it makes sense. It's, it found that uh, the survey found here that uh, 43% of customers gave up, uh, that, that they have got this frustration as to how difficult it can be to find uh, shows on the streaming services. And 43% of customers gave up on the uh, search for content if they can't find it within a few minutes. So this is more information for the streaming services to, oh, to know about. People are so impatient. I mean, for the past, like, two decades, like, it's literally been just more instant gratification has become more gratifying and more instant. Uh, and so when people, you know, just get a little hiccup, they're just like, they, That's it. they don't know what to do with Call themselves, an expert. you know. Just give up. Yep. Pay money. Overall, consumers say they're getting much of what they want, but are frustrated by the complexity and effort to get it. And admittedly, uh, television is 
easier, right? You turn it on and you switch the channel. There it is. And that's it. You're going to get what you're going to get. Uh, whereas these you're streaming- going to get a bunch of lies and propaganda. <laughs> I mean, I, I tell people all the time, they're like, well, how do you tell if it's fake news? I go, easy. It's- there's there's going to be commercials for pharmaceuticals and there's going to be commercials for uh, military. Join the National Guard, you know, this sports ball team and, you, you know, some pill. <laughs> that's the way I look at it. And that's all cable TV really is with the occasional truck and car commercial. Despite the rising popularity of streaming, the survey also showed that many households continue to value both streaming and pay TV. God, how much does this cost? With 43% of U.S. consumers having subscriptions to both. Now, I know that at one point, I think it was 2005, at the height of the uh, the economic boom there before it all fell apart, Americans were spending more than they made, which I found to be a frightening number. And this sounds like this is going to start happening again. Once you do that it right statistic, now, yeah, I mean, it's not I mean, changed. $80,000 for a new pickup truck. Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, and, and you're seeing like, like, uh, <laughs> and everywhere, like I, I look at Craigslist almost every day. Like first thing when I wake up, I, 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 I look at Craigslist. I just, I have been, for, you know, 20 years ago, I was opening one ads, you know, the, the, the week, the day it came out, I was Spent that whole couple hours looking through that thing. But there is just like, I'm seeing things on Craigslist, like these dump trucks. Oh, I'm going to have Franchester in that thing. It's like two grand, you know, needs some work. Well, it's like 800 bucks now or it's, or it's, and then, you know, I just watching all these things on Craigslist. And this is, you know, I would see it in the one ads, you know, 15 years ago, like some just started being a lot of things. And the next week it was a couple hundred cheaper, a couple hundred cheaper, same ads, uh, there's just a lot of surplus stuff out there. There's a lot of people trying to sell things and things aren't moving. And it's eighty to $90,000 for a new pickup truck. That is nuts. I, I It's true. that That's what they cost now. It's an, and it's a, it's an amazing amount it, of money. 84-month. Uh, I was at a Ford dealership, get a part the other day, and I see a big thing. You can get your truck for $84 a month. Or 84. 84 months, and it was uh, zero down, Blah, blah, right. blah. F-150's got, like, you know, everything an F-150 could have and, and yeah, 84 months. The truck ain't going to last 84 months. Once you no. find... Yeah, what was that? It's not going to last here for 84 months. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the F-150 now has an aluminum... Uh, that is true. So maybe it'll it'll go a bit longer, but... But just like all this other smart stuff, it's like as soon as everybody starts getting all smart appliances... And, and and just like what they did with the cell phones, you know, uh, Brian Sovereign, I listen to his tech show, Sovereign Tech, and he's always t- screaming about how, like, iPhone and this, so that I, when the iPhone gets a couple of years old and there's, like, a new greatest one out, uh, they just, you know, have, they just do an update. And what does that update do? It incrementally makes a phone. Slows it down. Slows it down. Yeah. Well, you can make your dishwasher stop when it's smart, your, your, uh, your everything, all this smart stuff is just you could put the planned obsolescence right in it. You don't have to design it so it holds a little bit of salt every year and rots out like your truck did. You know, yeah, uh, my, my F three fifty just <laughs> fell apart. I mean, it was being held together by the paint in some places, <laughs> literally. And yeah. um, so, but same thing with all these newer cars. They're just the check engine light won't shut off. You got to keep on. I got to keep on bringing it in. And then, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, a hot tub. My uncle got the the. Um, the lady he got it from gave it to him, and she bought like a five or six hundred dollar chipboard from the um, the guy come out, and he charged, and he said, "Oh, he needs a chipboard." It was like six hundred dollar bill, and he put the chipboard in it, and still didn't work. Well, what we can do is we can credit you towards a brand new hot tub. 
Oh my! Like they're like I don't even know they're they're seven ten thousand dollars. Yeah, I'm I was sure. gonna say mm-hmm. seven eight thousand dollars, and she oh I'll just buy a new one, and you know, and they probably made twenty five hundred off delivering her and you know bringing her a new hot tub, and right. they were happy to throw six hundred dollars at it and then credit it to her. And these car companies, you know, they're doing the same thing. They're giving you know. The, and, and that's another thing, dude. They're giving you like $3,000 for your trade-in car, and then they're running them through the auction, and a lot of these things are, are just, they're going to South America, uh, you know, and they're bringing like, you know, half the money that the dealers give for them. But they don't care. There's so much markup on them. Right. And, and the dealers are making all the money off off your 84-month, uh, you know, financing. Yeah, your interest. <laughs> the interest. Yeah, in a lot of cases, uh, getting people into debt slavery is uh, is the system. There's, there's no doubt about it. I... Uh, I, I believe that once we see that turn again where you see the statistic where Americans are spending more money than they're making, and this is an aggregate, right? They've spent more money than they make. Not an individual, because there's lots of individuals you can find that do that. But like American citizens have spent more money than American citizens have made. Well, That's when the next economic collapse comes. That's, well, And when you keep on just injecting cheap money into the marketplace – and uh, Max Kaiser does that Kaiser report. I really yeah, like his show a lot. And uh, he's he was talking about um, it was I, I might be misquoting him, but something like that the Federal Reserve reported for like last quarter of uh, eighteen uh, something like seven hundred million dollars in car loans that are ninety days delinquent. Oh boy! And there's one point. Two or one point something trillion dollars in um, uh, the uh, uh, schooling loans, uh, college yeah. loans that are you know in default. And what are they going to do with a college loan though? I mean, if you don't pay the car loan, they can come get the car. But if they don't, but if you don't pay your student loan, there's really nothing they can do. They don't really, you know, they at some point or another, it's all going to collapse. But who's going to be harmed? I don't just, know if it's the people that have the the degree. Well, the the real thing is, is where did the money come from? Out of thin air, right? So when you start doing this forensic accounting that some of these guys, you know, are really into, and you start asking the uh, the credit comp, the credit issuer, uh, okay, I'll be willing to pay the debt. Who was the debt borrowed from? We need to know who the debt is borrowed from, and they can't tell you. They, oh yeah, they, they just can't tell you. And and this is like some kind of like scheme of like getting out of paying credit cards and stuff. And I actually had a credit card that once they stopped taking the third party checks I was sending them, I just whacked it out and never paid it. And uh, they would. Um, uh, call me up and I'd be like, yeah, I'd be happy to pay wh- whoever the debt's owed to. Who, who owns the debt? Oh, go to Capital One. Oh, can you prove that? And I would just just talk with these guys on the phone while I was driving a truck. I had you know, nothing better to do and just have fun with them. And you know, eventually, I don't know, nothing ever came about it. But you know, the thing is, is all funny money made out of thin air and you better get some crypto. You better get some peer-to-peer because when it, when it all collapses, it's going gonna, it's gonna to spiral out of control quicker than any of us can believe. How about uh, you, Angie? Uh, your household have uh, student debt? Um, I have about $3,000 in student debt, and Michael has uh, student loans that he hasn't paid in years. Has, hasn't paid in years. Yeah, my wife, we just finished off the student debt for her. You know as well as I do, she hasn't had a job in 10 years. Yep. Um, more than 10 years. Well, she's she's a mom. Yes, That's a big I, I, job. I understand, but it's it's not getting, she's not getting a W-2. No. And one wonders what, in many cases, what these student loans are, are good for. Uh, you know, you get these degrees, and, and I'm not saying that they're all completely useless. Uh, there's certainly some some things you have to have them for. The STEM fields, I think it's uh, the best thing to have it for. But uh, yeah, watch out when it comes to that debt. It's the thing that's really going to eat you up. You make a decision now, you think that you're going to want to stick with it, and 
life changes. Mm-hmm. And, and then when you've been paying on that student loan and you owe more that still than this loan originally was for. Yep. That's like nuts. That's what's uh, that's what's killing our next generation. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. Talk Live. You can call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. It's Mark with you. Angie here. And Jay. The number is 855-450-3733. It's 855-450. Free is in freedom. In the uh, previous segment, we were talking about how, uh, you know, the finances were changing here in the U.S. And that it looks like people were taking on more and more debt. And... That's kind of a scary uh, statistic, but there's some good statistics, too, and I've got them from fee.org. That's the Foundation for Economic Education, uh, fee.org here, and we'll get into them here in just one second, but I want to go to the Christian Anarchist calling in on the Discord line. By the way, if you want to sound as good as uh, Christian Anarchist does, you just go to discord.freetalklive.com and download the uh, the app there, and it'll sound great. Ha! Huh, the guys in the Discord said you'd never get to me. Well, I, I just saw you just now. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm certainly not as good as Ian at seeing all these different places that people might call in. Uh, Actually, this is about the shortest time I've ever waited. You just came right on after I got up. So that's great. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, what you were talking about earlier about the electronics and everything breaks down. Um, you pretty much can't expect anything to last five years anymore because of the electronics. Something's going to break and either the part's not going to be available or it's going to be so expensive that you can't afford to buy it. You can go buy an, a new right. appliance. And a lot of times the part, it costs what the appliance costs. Yeah, I, I've been fixing some appliances because like, I get like free appliances and I just fix them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so one thing I've been doing is like uh, these... Uh, Diesel trucks, these older diesel trucks like uh, the 98 to 2002 Dodges have a chipboard that goes bad in the injector pump. So I've actually gotten pretty good at fixing that one particular transistor that burns out in the injector pump. But now what's happening, I was actually talking to uh, some guys that get into computers and stuff, is, uh, you know, they're literally, the new chips are so small that, like, it is just, chipboards are so small, it's, like, impossible for the human hand to actually like fix them, you have to have the you know very precision robotics. It's like doing you know some kind of surgery, like on on a lot of these chips now. There's mm. you know, there's very little fixing them in your backyard or in your garage. This is the re- this is the main reason that these really expensive Mercedes Benz. I've I've owned several used Mercedes, and they're all a nightmare to repair. But the <laughs> new ones are even worse because if you look in the uh, ebay or anywhere for older mercedes luxury cars the ones that have all the bells and whistles they're down to, their depreciation is horrendous they're worth about 10 percent of what they were new if they're 10 years old because even less I've, costs, I've seen yeah it costs so much to fix the darn things that if you have one it's like having a curse you know here i'll give you my old mercedes and because i hate your guts you right know, that yep. kind of 
And um, let me ask you this, it, guys, uh, between uh, you, Christian Anarchist and, and Jay, I, I feel like I can get an answer to this. If I wanted to get a vehicle that was never going to have some kind of computer problem, I'm just talking about a basic vehicle, right? Rack, rack and pinion steering, combustion engine, you know, that kind of vehicle. I, I would just, recommend diesel. Okay. I, I'm, I'm with you. I, believe it or not, I have a car here that I'm fixing up that I've had for many, many years. It's a 1984 Oldsmobile diesel station wagon. I think I have the only one in the country. And there's no electronics on it at all. It's got a manual injection pump. It's just, it's got electric, you know, you've got your starter. And once it starts, it just runs, you know, it's a yeah. diesel. You, you have an electric oh. solenoid that shuts off that pump, but that's not a big deal right. to actually that on that standardine pump to convert into a, um, standardine the manufacturer of that pump to con- convert into a, a full manual shutoff. I also have a 94 uh, Chevrolet pickup truck diesel that was the first year of the electronic injection pump, and I had so much trouble with it that I paid something like $1,700 to convert it back to the manual pump. So now I've got uh, <laughs> a manual pump 1994 diesel uh, truck. But <clears throat> I always recommend for people, if they want to have a good, reliable, used car, to buy a lightweight, a light-duty pickup truck, a full-size light-duty pickup truck, because the gas is going to cost you more, of course, but all of your repair bills are going to be cheap. There's going to be parts available everywhere, and the parts are going to be cheap. So even the electric Is that like a Chevy 1500 or a Ford F-150? Yeah, Chevy Dodge Ford doesn't matter. You get one of those, uh, the 1500 class of pickup trucks, They've got the smaller tires, which cost less. If you get the three-quarter ton or something, you've got the really expensive tires. And you know, <laughs> I know the, that's true. <laughs> yep. Well, and, uh, everything else is more expensive on them. But it's just a good, cheap economy car to get around in if you just want something that's not going to break and it's not going to cost you an arm and leg to fix. I've heard you actually say that on a show one time, Christian Anarch, as well as driving. And I wanted to tell you this for actually a little while now. Uh, my recommendation is uh, a 1994 to uh, 2000, I mean, sorry, 1994 to 1998 Dodge Ram 2500 or 3500 with a Cummins 5.9 diesel and manual transmission is the absolute most reliable uh, factory-produced truck ever built because it has a mechanical injection pump that looks like a little mini six-cylinder pump. It's called the P7100 Bosch pump. It is uh, almost literally bulletproof. You don't even have, I know guys, they've driven these trucks five, 600,000 miles. I got one right outside. It's got 380,000 miles on it. And while well, mine's a little newer, it's got the 24 valve with an electric over manual pump. But um, the, uh, and the thing is, is, if you get a manual transmission Dodge pickup truck, uh, no problem 20 miles to the gallon if you drive it carefully. No problem. You want to start doing modifications. And now, what is the name of this vehicle again that you're talking about? Because you just so many things have passed by through uh, my brain. I have no idea what you've just said. 1994 uh-huh. to, to, to 98 Dodge Cummins pickup truck. Okay. Uh, diesel. Diesel, yeah. yes. Has to have the diesel. It's an inline six diesel. It makes, you know, uh, quadruple the torque and twice the horsepower of any comparable factory, you know, gas job. And it will get you know, two, two to three times the fuel mileage of the gas job because there's more energy in diesel fuel and it makes it lower RPM. And it's, and especially if you start like advancing the timing, putting aftermarket, you know, turbos on them and, you know, uh, really high gear ratios and get, you know, use the torque to go down the road. 
Uh, I have uh, helped guys build trucks that are getting two-wheel drive trucks now that are getting like 28 to 30 miles to the gallon, but they're driving them like 58 miles an hour, too. And, and that was one of the things that I hated about the diesel cars because we had diesel engines for 100 years that were reliable. They would last 300,000 miles at least, 300 to 500,000 miles, and nothing ever broke on them, and you didn't have to tune them up until they started messing with them and adding the electronics. Now, all of a sudden, some of these diesel engines are a total nightmare. But, yeah, that, that older Cummins that doesn't have the electronics – that's a, definitely a good way to go. That's I think a lot of people like these for bug out vehicles. You know, they want something that if I don't know the EMP hits or whatever, whatever the situation is, they want a vehicle that they can count on through thick and thin that'll get them through just about any situation. And uh, does that sound like the sort of that, vehicle? The second gen Dodge Cummins twelve valve is what it's called. Uh, yes, is that vehicle? In fact, I built a couple of these uh, bug out trucks. Uh, two of them. Uh, particularly, and I have one sitting in my yard right now. So uh, people would just find that by looking on Craigslist or something? Yeah, second-gen Dodge 12 valve, absolutely. Free talk live. LRN.FM now has a Discord. Discord is a free text and voice chat platform, and we now have our own server with a bunch of channels at discord.lrn.fm. You can join other listeners as they chat about various things during our live shows, or anytime, day or night. Discord software is available cross-platform, so you can have it on whatever device you want and take your chats anywhere. Join our Discord at discord.lrn.fm. That's discord.lrn.fm. Free Talk Live. You can call in talk about whatever's on your mind. It's Mark with you. Angie here. And Jay. If you love what we do here on Free Talk Live, which is to bring live radio to you, that you can call in and talk about whatever you want and bring the message of liberty to people seven days a week here on Free Talk Live, I want you to check out the Amplifier program. Uh, You could become an amplifier like Brian Painter did. He's a platinum amplifier. But we ask just $5 a month for our AMP program. Lots of perks. I think you'll uh, really appreciate it. Just go to AMP dot freetalklive.com if you like what we do it's a perfect place for you amp dot freetalklive.com so we had some uh, sort of bad economic news there previously when we were talking about americans uh, debt to income ratio going up but i think we should get some good news from fee.org the foundation for economic education the world's poorest people are getting richer faster than anyone else in 1820, this is a ways off, right? 1820 has been a long time ago. 94% of the world's population lived in extreme poverty. That means you don't know where your next meal is coming from. Your house is basically a shack, right? And this was true in the United States. The number wasn't quite as high as 94%, but it wasn't much better. Yep. In 1820, I mean, there's no, there's no plumbing there's no, there's no, basically entertainment might be, uh, you know, somebody coming over with a musical instrument and, and Pa and, and him playing on the porch and drinking some whiskey. That'd be it. And, and the drinking water is right next to the pooping hole. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> In most of those houses. In 1990, 34.8% of the world lived in extreme poverty. And in 2015, just 9.6%. So we went from 94% to 35% to 
basically 10% of the world in extreme poverty in a historically relatively short period of time. 200 years. And what brought us that? Well, the Industrial Revolution. I believe free markets. Well, free markets, yes. They didn't really understand free markets in the same way in sort of like medieval Europe or something like that. It was always, you know, one of the ruling class, the baron, the duke, the uh, somebody was getting their cut. And they decided who could sell and who couldn't, who could travel and who couldn't. Those aren't free markets. On last Tuesday marked the 25th anniversary of the United Nations International Day for the Eradication of Poverty. The date intentionally coincides with the 30th anniversary of the call to action, which saw the French anti-poverty campaigner Father Joseph, oh gosh, I should have practiced this ahead of time, Rezinski, uh, ask the international community in front of 100,000 Parisianers to strive to eradicate extreme poverty. To mark the occasion, Antonio Gutierrez of the United Nations Secretary General was featured in a short video assessing the current state of world poverty. Despite noting such issues as unemployment, inequality, and conflict continuing in some regions, uh, Guterres correctly observed that since 1990, the world has made remarkable progress in eradicating poverty. While it is valuable to acknowledge that problems remain, it is important to reflect on just how far we've come. And if you listen to those that would, uh, would, would create derision, they would say that everything's getting worse economically. They, they, those that are making the most money have, you know, X number of dollars more than, you know, everybody else and, and these sorts of things. Well, the elite at the top are certainly skimming more and more, oh, yeah. and more and more and more and more and more and then, you know, fake money. But, you know, with technology, I mean, you can't grow a bushel of corn any cheaper today than I mean, any then, cheaper then can, at any other time in history, history than you, than you can, can today, today. Yeah. even organically. Even organically. And if you think about, say, a chicken and what it costs to get a, a whole chicken, a whole chicken can feed a family. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if you if you make it, you know, you're probably talking some kind of stew or something like that. But you could make a chicken yep. feed a family. And I'm talking a family like yours, yeah, uh, where, the, where the kids outnumber the, the adults. Well, f- you know, 50, 60 years ago, your average like broiler chicken was like, I don't know, f- like three or four pounds or something, and today that average chicken is five point five. It's like seven point six actually, because uh, my my buddy Silver Dave is really into doing his natural earth fitness thing, and this is the thing he's break he's talking about that the, that the ch- chickens basically are bred to be big and fat, and they're given like uh, hormones, and they're fed mm-hmm. a lot of genetically oh, yeah. modified food, and they're fed you know government subsidized food, you know, which is all the cheap stuff at the big poultry farms. So when you can you know, consume that, you know, far, that uh, factory farm-raised chicken or pork or, or you know, I mean, look at some of these, um, some of these breeds of uh, beef cows. I mean, they look like scary, you know, and some of them get like over 18 months Muscle old. Bound, yeah. They're just like massive and they, and you see them in these animal rescues, like some of these um, Angus and Hereford cross cows, they're just like, they're, they're, they're like eight years old and they're just look so huge because they're designed to th- they're basically engineered to slaughter them before they're 18 months. They don't, you know, the, the, the meat packers don't want them after 18 months because they're the spine's Tough. too big to de- deal with, and they're just you just go to these catalogs and you know, the big ones start bringing like you know 60 cents a pound, and the ones that are you know prime are bringing a dollar fifty a pound. You know that's a big loss. And, I would think uh, you could use those as uh, stew uh, stew meat or something. You, you sure can, but like they're not going to buy them unless they're really cheap. And yeah, like it, with the cattle industry, you know, the big big market here. There's two places. One's owned by Cargill, and the other one's owned by um, 
Uh, another Monsanto company, actually, uh, in, in Pennsylvania. Is that in the U.S.? Or is well, that... yeah, they're in uh, Pennsylvania. These okay. these things run 24 hours a day. I think the uh, Moyer is, 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 is not called Moyer anymore. They're running an auction? They... No, no, no. This at is... 2 o'clock in the morning? No, no. Oh, oh. That, that, yeah, oh, yeah, all the time. No, this is a slaughterhouse. Okay. Uh, so, like, Moyer is is uh, not called Moyer anymore. It's a family that owned it. But now it's they're slaughtering, like, 7,500 head a day there. And Gosh. then the Cargill one which is in Pennsylvania, also is somewhere around that. It's just these factories. But they won't buy, like, uh, the guys that buy those cows for them, there's another slaughterhouse in uh, Granville, New York, called Champlain Beef, and they'll buy, like, a lot of these really big cows that, like, because uh, they want, if the cow don't, don't fit in a shoot, it don't fit their deal. They don't even want it there because it just screws up production. Yeah. And, and like, 18 months for an Angus cow, for example, is, 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 is like, what they want because it's it's got... It's basically that's the efficiency rate on yeah. on the factory farming, and uh, same thing with the chickens. You know these chickens, you know, uh, cage free. But yeah, there's you know you're, they got a, a million of them. You know, in a, inside a half acre, yeah, <laughs> you right. know, some big, big uh, you know airplane hangar building. They might as well be in a cage because right. they can't move around much. Mm-hmm. But they they're bred in the, such a way they can't move around anyway. But, uh, but I've it, seen these uh, even the free range organic chickens um, that are that are you know chickens for eating, not for laying. These things aren't getting up and walking around. They're not picking up for bugs or anything. They're stuck. Oh, right. So when you buy the um, the Colonel Sanders white, um, I can't remember what the actual breed is, but they call it like a um, a something broiler. I'll think about it afterwards. And um, Cornish hen, is I, I believe what it's called, a Cornish broiler or something. They're okay. the white. They're the white chicken with. I thought a Cornish red... was a little one, but all right, maybe they're. I thought oh, Cornish no. was a little. You one. might yeah. be right. I can't remember, but anyways, this, it looks like a uh, foghorn leghorn. Yeah, foghorn white... leghorn chicken. I, 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 it's not the Cornish. You're right, yeah. but anyways, they uh, after about ten weeks old, they can't walk. You, you really need to slaughter them at like eight weeks, yeah, or it just starts getting ugly, right? For them, and they get so huge, and and you know, in eight weeks. These things are like, you know, uh, dress weight. They're like 6.3 pounds. I don't you know, think no people understand that they're eating pullets, not uh, chickens. You know, right, they're, they're right, eating right. really young birds, generally. I, I mean, you know, I eat chicken. It doesn't stop me from eating chicken. Well, and people want them young because that young chicken is tender. It yep. sure is. Right. If you get that, uh, if you've ever had a fried chicken, if you try to fried chicken, say at, at home versus you go to Kentucky Fried Chicken, there's a difference in the consistency of the meat and these kinds of things. And a lot of people just, they're not used to it and they don't like it anymore. Yeah. Um, like the egg laying operations, when they're done with those hens, the they'll go to like uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken and then they'll, and it was one of the big buyers of them. And, it, and uh, I dealt with some of these guys in Colorado. My stepfather supplied these guys with some feed and stuff. And uh, then what I go, what happens to these chickens? They go, well, the good ones go to Kentucky Fried Chickens. The not quite so good ones go to Campbell's Soup. Right. That's basically what he said. Oh yeah, but that's, yeah that's, that's true. If it gets a little older, they don't want it for uh, you know a, a piece of fried chicken. Nobody's going to want that. It has to be premium if you're going to take it off the bone like that. But if you just got Chico bits uh, that are going into you know, press some chicken pressed uh, spart or, uh, part of chicken noodle or whatever, eh, nobody cares what that is. Chicken when flavored. You, when you fry it, that it's more tenderized than if you're actually grilling. You know, it's going to be a softer, juicier chicken. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. It's the final segment of Free Talk Live, and, well, I don't know. 
you probably can't get through, uh, but I'll give the number just in case. The number is 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. It's Mark with you. Angie here. And Jay. And let's go right to the phones and not piddle around here. Let's go to David calling in from New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, Mark uh, and uh, folks, did you, in your Free State Project, I'll actually first let me preface that with, in, in New Mexico, I had told you before about how the uh, the governor, the Democrat power structure is, is uh, implementing, they passed all these gun laws, red flag, red, red flag, sorry, red flag, <laughs> red flag laws, and uh, and uh, background checks, stuff like that, and that that uh, of the 33 counties in the state of New Mexico, 29 of the sheriffs said they won't enforce them, and 25 of the county commissions voted to back up their sheriffs and say that no county money will be spent to enforce what they consider to be illegal laws. Um, and and that effectively, that type of action, when the, the sheriff backed up by the, the county uh, commission uh, which is in, in, in which is backed up then by the people in these uh, rural counties mostly say that you know we're not doing that we're not following that you know they're essentially telling uh, the the people that want to oppress them to go to hell and it's and it's working it's working and so going now take now going uh, to your free state project when you were doing that in the past present and uh, and whatever becomes in the future did you ever consider um, uh, well, first of all, you have one free state project. One concept I'd like to introduce is rather than having, you know, one place where everybody should move to, you know, my idea is that the, like, like the Amish, like the Mennonites, et cetera, et cetera, uh, the Mormons establish many different colonies. And then if you uh, add in the fact that uh, many, many counties all over America, especially in the West, uh, have a very low population, you know, for instance, in New Mexico, there are, uh, there's one, the lowest population county has 740 people in the whole county. Really? That's surprising. Yeah. So in a situation like that, if you, if you moved in, you know, just a couple hundred people, you could then essentially uh, take over the county uh, as far as putting in your own electeds and be almost immune from, uh, from the oppression of uh, state, state and fed. I don't know. Um, so the the concept behind the Free State Project, and I'm not entirely sure that it's all going to work out or anything. Uh, the concept is to move as many liberty loving individuals to a small state as possible to pick the state of New Hampshire, and uh, they've had some successes along the way, and certainly some failures too. But a state is sort of legally a unique uh, entity in that. A county gets its charter from the state. So if a county decide, if for whatever the reason the state decides the county's too much trouble, they can just merge it into the next county over there, and then suddenly all those uh, bureaucratic jobs are gone. Whereas with a state, the federal government really can't do that. All it can do is cut off funding, uh, which is a real problem. But um, you know, ultimately, the sovereignty lies with the state, not with the feds. The feds have the money making capability. So that was the reason that they chose a state rather than a county or a city or things like that. There are plenty of places. I mean, every once in a while, you'll see town goes up for sale in, usually out west, um, and you could buy the whole town, right? And then you could have 
a bunch of libertarians get together in a town and argue about crap there, uh, which is basically what they're going to do anywhere that they go. Um, and there are some counties that are low, low populated, like you're talking about. None in New Hampshire is low populated as as they as the one you were speaking of in in New Mexico. But I I don't know that I think that it's uh, it would be terribly successful if you picked something besides a state. And I'm not sure that the Free State Project itself is going to be successful either. Because unless they can... The problem is is that you got to get these individualists to work together, and that's kind of antithetical to what they want to do. Uh, once the... Yeah, but, go ahead. But you, but you don't really... With what I'm suggesting, you don't really need to do all that much together. I mean, if you had, like I said, in a, such a low-populated county, if you had just a couple hundred people that that uh, moved there, you you could essentially be left alone, um, you know, because the, if you're in the county, the, the law enforcement is the sheriff combined to some degree with the state police, and you don't really have any need for the for the law enforcement anyway because nothing really goes on in those small counties. I think you could fly um, under the radar yeah. for a while, but if the state decided well, that you, don't even, you guys were a problem, they just take away the county's charter and then uh, they well, combine you with another county. But you wouldn't be you wouldn't be making any problem. You wouldn't be giving them any problem because you'd be following the rules that are set up anyway. You're, they're, they're, what I'm saying is the way that it is now. They're they're already pretty much left alone. And then if if you had you know a couple hundred people that lived together in one county like that, and you could elect an, a sheriff and a county commission, and most of the and counties like I'm talking about have very few municipalities, and they don't really matter anyway because they're, they're like one square mile. And and most people would be living outside of them anyway, so they don't really matter. And and like I said, in counties like this in New Mexico, they're they're already pretty much left alone and com- and completely on their own. They don't have you know any in counties like that. They don't have they'll have like one law enforcement person. And if they if they need more, they literally do like in the old west, and they they get a they deputize and get a posse together. You know they hardly ever need to do that, but that's what they do. And firefighting. Same thing. There is no fire department other than the volunteer, like right, you're on. Yeah, and they and there. I mean, this is already being done. It's just not done done by by. Uh, well, actually, it is done by some libertarians. Oh, in fact, Catherine County. Um, I, I know for a fact that they had passed at their county level. They had passed a, a resolution, memorial, whatever it is, uh, to say that the county wants every citizen to be armed in their county, so that the they can do more to protect themselves. I want to talk about resolution. this more, David, but I've got calls uh, coming in and I've got to take yep. care of okay. them. I appreciate it. The number is eight. Oh, I'm giving the number here. Let's just go to Vernon calling in from New Orleans. Vernon, you're on Free Talk Live. Yesterday, you all had a conversation about New Zealand making it illegal to um, upload the, uh, the that video of the New Zealand shooting to yeah. the Internet. And today, too, and, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so in addition to that, though, there was the comment, not by one of the main co-hosts, I forget the name, but um, there, the comment was that we, uh, we here in America don't restrict any sort of video uploads, and we have complete and total freedom, but it, that's not true, especially when it comes to child pornography. So that was one of my points, and then my question was, you know, are you all advocates of being allowed to upload child pornography, which I know Ian defines it before pubescent. Puberty. So, if we want to get really technical about it, that still yeah. exists, right? Like people have, uh, you know, terrible videos of prepubescent kids being forced into awful situations. 
Uh, right, no, I am absolutely not an advocate of that. No, I'm not either. <laughs> but I will say that it is interesting that uh, we, uh, on one hand, we believe that somebody should have the right to upload a video of, the say, the, the shooting at the mosques there. And we believe that we believe that's the press and we believe that's freedom of speech. But there in in some places, they don't even have laws against uploading snuff films. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of what one of these is, but it's a it's a disgusting uh, video of somebody being killed. And there's a you know, some of these make it around on the Internet. I don't know why people want to watch this crap, but they do. I remember when I was in high school, we uh, this there was this movie series called The Faces of Death. Oh, I remember that. And pretty much everybody's seen these things. And they're just this side of a snuff film in that they are videos of people dying in many cases, but there weren't taken in a, in the sense that it was like, um, you know, to celebrate it or anything. It wasn't, what, it wasn't about a, your, what about your personal opinion about, about child pornography, however you want to define it being illegal in the United States? Because like, like I said yesterday, it's kind of like the coast. We're all about every single video. Everything should be legal. There should not be anything illegal. And, and all that stuff. I don't think society can handle the notion of legalized child pornography, even though there is some um, there, there's some interesting sort of theoretical aspects to it. But if you were to make it legal in the sense that it's just you can put it up, you can use it as advertising, you could do whatever. If I can just have a storefront where I'm playing this on a 60, uh, 60 inch TV. No, I can't. I don't think society can handle that. I think it would uh, quite literally crumble. And also it just gets too radical because. You know, in states like Arizona, you got two 17-year-olds sending each other nudie pics in high school, and, and they're both basically arrested on felonies. Right, and that's the other side of it, is, is, is the, the uh, you know, the one side or the other. The problem is, is we don't have a legal apparatus that can handle uh, the nuance that needs to be in place, because it's really difficult. Vernon, and I appreciate the Thank opportunity to talk about them. And the other problem is, Thank you. is anytime you prohibit anything, I don't care what it is, you just create this black market, yeah. and then it, violence is going to come out of it. I, whether you're prohibiting alcohol, you're pro- prohibiting a, a species of salad, whatever it may be, you're going to create violence. Free talk. This is another edition of the Edgington Post Show coming to you from the North American Bitcoin Conference. It's Mark Edge reporting for Free Talk Live. I got Alex Prohorov from Well, uh, the Well Network. Help me out with this. I know the, the word Well is involved here, Alex. Just remember, joinwell.com. Joinwell.com. Great. And you've got an interesting idea I spent a little time talking to you about here. You know, you're, you're vetted. I believe this is cool. Tell my audience what you got. You know, we help you get recognized for your everyday wellness activities, and we bring blockchain to help you get rewarded. So effectively, you start mine coin simply just by walking. Download our app. I mine coin by walking. Mine coin by walking. All right. Tell me how I do that. Well, the first thing you do is you download, you go to your app store on your phone, and you search for JoinWell. Just like JoinWell.com, put JoinWell, find our app, download it, answer a few simple questions, and immediately you will notice that you've earned some coin because you've already been walking and your pedometer in your phone has been keeping track of it. Okay. And the more you walk, the more coin you generate. I guess that's sort of a pedometer app that uses, uh, like somehow uses your walking to mine coins. Is that the, the concept here? Correct. That's okay. exactly right. So um, tell me why in the world you're going to give me coin for walking. Because walking is actually 
has economic benefit. Okay. We think so it feels what is good. That? <laughs> well, I walk all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nobody's throwing any money at me. I'm I'm creating energy, like kind of kinetic energy. I'll give you that. Energy's <laughs> worth something, but but nobody's uh, harnessing it. Exactly. Well, the the fact of the matter is, if you walk a certain amount of steps per day, you get your heart rate going. You feel better. It's a great activity. Sure. I mean, it's really good for you. You're going to live longer if you walk more, right? And living longer, which means you will have a chance to earn more money. You'll have a chance to pay more taxes. You will have a chance to spend more money. Yep. Okay. And there's a lot of brands that love people who spend money. Right. I would, th- I would think that like uh, Nestle's and uh, General Mills Foods, maybe they're the same thing. I don't even know. Um, you know <laughs> they are. Um, you know, I'm, just, I'm just thinking there's oh. breakfast cereals, there's those bars, um, you know, there's everything out everything there. Everything out there. Brands want to reach consumers. Yep. And every day they spend billions of dollars on Google and Facebook and the likes to reach those consumers. Right. And We're they, saying they have profiles, is, too. They know, like, if I prefer gray shoes over black tennis shoes, then I'm a certain kind of person and they know things about me. If I walk, they definitely know things about me um, already. If I'm willing to put a fitness app on my phone, that they, they know stuff. Exactly, exactly. I don't know what. Something. <laughs> Something. Yeah. Well, one of the things that we tend to know we t- that, that tends to happen is that if you care about your body, you care about how you look, and uh, you care about the health of your body, you tend to be a you know, happier, more productive person. And when that, with that comes an opportunity to have greater savings, uh, greater earning potential. And that's a very valuable thing for a lot of businesses that want to that wanna reach you. And what we're saying is, well, if you want to reach these folks, you have to give them something. You have to pay them. And blockchain allows them. So unlike a Facebook that effectively takes money from advertisers and doesn't share anything with them. Yeah. We allow a mechanism where they actually, we want to give those rewards back to you for that behavior. Okay. So the rewards come to me. And then I've seen um, situations online, like even social media platforms where they, they give you, um, you know, some kind of uh, currency just for looking at stuff. Here you're giving me currency for walking. Walking. Correct. <laughs> right. Correct. That's, uh, that's kind of cool. And it's something I'm going to do anyway. Tell me something about these, uh, the, 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 the sorts of people that are downloading this app. I mean, anybody can go do it, right? Correct. And the thing is, you know, if you happen to have a phone that doesn't have... Um, a pedometer in an old, maybe an older model or uh, something like that, then uh, you can go on our website, sh- shop at joinwell, or just go to joinwell.com and you'll be able to purchase a something, a device that looks like a Fitbit. It looks uh, like a Fitbit. Yeah. But a much, much, much cheaper, under 50 bucks, will deliver it to you uh, and... Uh, and you can actually see it all the time. So if your phone is on your desk, if you forgot to... Tr- one thing I will say, you have to keep the f- app open in order to for the pedometer to sync uh, with, with the app and with the blockchain. But otherwise, buy the device, get a much better insight into how you sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so it tells you your sleep too. So it monitors your deep sleep, exactly. Okay. Your you phone's wear, not going to do that. The device will. The device will, exactly. Okay. So um, I'm kind of curious here when you're talking about these brands and those sorts of things. Some people that walk are going to be uh, more valuable to these brands than others. Can you tell me um, you know, what, what sort of things they're looking for? And I'm just kind of curious about the whole thing. It seems like somebody um, would uh, you know, try, to, to, try to put it on several phones. I don't even know. This is available for, for all people. Our app is in seven languages. Okay. Uh, it's available in all countries, not 
just the U.S. There is always a way to game a system. There's okay. a way to hack into Pentagon if you're really yep. and, and hack your Citibank if you're really after it. If you want to break something, you can always break it. Yep. That's not what it's for. We're going to have some AI and some analytics that show if you're walking um, five, ten miles from two a.m. Uh, in the morning to nine uh, mm-hmm. nine a.m. Chances are you're trying to hack, or if your regular pattern is three thousand, but all of a sudden you have fifty thousand uh, steps in there. I can't imagine anybody <laughs> could possibly walk fifty thousand, but I'll bet you that if you uh, they, they could game it, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. If you're gaming, you know we're going to co- come uh, right. to step it, but the and but the rewards aren't going to be so high that anybody's going to be dying to, to, to beat this system. Correct, correct. Yeah, this is just a simple way to say thank you. Great job. Yep. Ability for you and your partner, your spouse, to track each other, have a little gamification, compete, and see how many people are buying these these things already. They're buying Fitbits. They're, getting, they're downloading apps. They're using all these things. This basically just does that and Rewards. gives you a little spiff back and puts you in contact with brands that in all likelihood are things that you're going to be interested in. That's uh, right. Because and that's, mean, our, that's what we want to do. We want to know what your int- when you download the app, we ask you, what are the areas of your interest? Yep. So we want to hit you up with the things that you actually you care about. And we want to connect you to the brands that are in your interest category and they want to find a consumer like you. So you said that it's in all countries. How? Um, what kind of marketing are you doing globally? I mean, I, I've just met you here in Miami, so I, I mean, I know, I know I can do it here. I just downloaded the app. Right. Yeah. So, for instance, we have a bunch of users in Korea, okay. uh, and there's these users came to us and they said, "We'd love to find a de- well device." So. We're doing a shipment and we're introducing an e-commerce platform thanks to them because they wanted a well device. Uh, we've got a bunch of uh, users in Europe. What's also different about us is there's a lot of, the, you know, there's some apps out there. And we also have a web-based platform that you can actually log in at health.joinwell.com. Use the same credential as your app and you will see that stored in the cloud. You can share with your physician. Uh, yeah, you can the, say, hey, look, I'm really walking, Doc. I'm you're walking, Doc. And <laughs> then you can also, uh, you will also find in our app over 300 different models of glucose monitors, weight scales, blood pressure monitors. So different devices that How are... How does it get my glucose? Or do I have to... You have to have a by device. There's a Bluetooth connection that we already have integration. There's about okay. 300 models, as, as I said. Okay. Um, so you can actually integrate that, and that will feed into the app and into the cloud and if you want to share with a physician go ahead if you want to export it download in a computer and share the file great i see so um this platform so robust they can handle other information from other devices and these sorts of things correct and um that's going to integrate into your sleep patterns your walking and all that other stuff yeah Hmm. It's so if you have, you have a mom, for instance, you have you have all the parents. That I have a mom, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, parents who, uh, you know, love to uh, w- monitor their blood pressure. Yep. You know, right now they're kind of I low. should be, but I'm not doing it. <laughs> right, right, right. But, you know, the older you get, you know, uh, millions of Americans are on the device, on medication that help lower their blood pressure. Yep. And they measure that pressure. Well, and uh, we have our, actually, our smartwatch that we're introducing mm-hmm helps you to monitor it. If you want to get more precise, you can buy a, a medical-grade device yep. um, through one of our partners, and that syncs to the app, and you'll have that data. You can see the patterns as the medication is working. Oh, hey, guess what? I start uh, walking more, earning more coins. I start eating healthy, and my blood pressure goes down. I start eating less sugar. I have to get off my med- I can get off my medication. You just saved yourself and insurance some money, and they will reward you for it. 
Alex, tell me how people can find out uh, more, how they can get involved. I know it's the, the app is uh, JoinWell. The app is JoinWell. The website is JoinWell.com. The Telegram channel is JoinWell. Find our Telegram. Uh, join our community. Yeah. 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 10,000 people, and we're, we're excited to welcome you into our community. JoinWell.com. Give us your feedback. Podcast download numbers are the most quantifiable and important numbers that we can show an advertiser. So please, if you've not already done so, subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or in the podcatcher of your choice. Ratings and reviews help other people find the podcast, so please give us a rating and review on any podcast platforms that you use. Ratings and reviews are used to move a podcast up in search results, which means it's easier for others to find the show. This is free advertising for us, it's easy for you, and it tells other people that you like the show. Subscribe, give us five stars, and leave a review.